Free Talk Live. Yes, that's right. You have tuned in to Free Talk Live. Or stumbled across. Perhaps you just got into a rental car and the previous rentee left the radio station on a talk radio station and now you're listening to us by happenstance. Uh, If that's the case, our website is freetalklive.com where you can find out all about us. We are a live call-in radio program where you can take control of the airwaves, talk about whatever's on your mind. We come to you with the perspective of liberty, peace, prosperity, uh, and uh, that kind of thing. Freedom is generally the theme here of how we try to come at the topics. Uh, we generally cover, you know, current events, uh, stuff like that, or freedom-oriented stuff. Uh, but you are free to call in and talk about whatever, uh, because there's so few outlets for people to do that that are... Uh, I mean, we are censored to an extent that we're on, you know, like 180 radio stations or something. So we can't use the cuss words, the seven words and all that kind of stuff. But outside of that, uh, you could still call in and talk about whatever. So the telephone number, if you'd like to join us, is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. Uh, in the studio tonight, it's uh, eventually going to be Peakless Mountaineer, Ooh, who's running late. For shame. And? Richie Rich. And I am your host tonight, the Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass. That's right. I yep. shortened it up for the Saturdays. I know. Right? You know, can't, you know. I st- it still triggers me from being on the sunset- Sunday show. I, I wait know. for the full name. I know. It's, and it's, it doesn't come. It's difficult for you and I to be here together on a Saturday because we're both used to being here together on a Sunday. Uh, But, you know, since uh, the federal government decided to kidnap the founder of this show, we've had to make some some changes. Yeah. So a little little bit of shuffling, some hosts uh, to make sure all the seats are filled and we can still do the show live, you know, as many nights a week as we do. We do have some canned shows on... I think it's Monday, Tuesday, and Friday now. Our, uh, actually, we just started uh, uh, Gardner Goldsmith. Just yes. aired his second episode last night. Yes. Uh, it was pretty good. Uh, I listened to a bunch of it. I didn't get to listen to the whole thing. Of all the canned shows you are going to listen to, I would recommend his above all others. Yeah, it certainly is a step above uh, you know, what we've had for the other canned shows. So, uh, and I'm not trying no to offense other the, can shows. Yeah. No offense. Other can but Gardner shows. is special. Gardner does it, does it right. He is a professional. I make mistakes all the time. Like, uh, and I'll make sounds and you know, weird stuff. And like, you're not supposed to do that on radio. Gardner doesn't do any of that. Like, well, I'm you, not even talking about the professionalism, just the, the intellectual take that oh. you'll get from listening to a, and anything produced by Gardner Goldsmith will make you smarter. So Richie Rich is a fan. I have been a fan for over a decade. So you can check him out uh, Fridays on Free Talk Live. Uh, If it's not being broadcast on a radio station near you, you can always visit freetalklive.com and listen to the show live there. If you are a streaming person, uh, you can also get the show at lrn.fm live on on those nights. So Monday, we have uh, the infamous Ernie uh, for the Monday show. For the Tuesday show, we've got Nate and Chuck. 
And then for the Friday show, now we've got Gardner Goldsmith. So, And then the other shows are live here in the studio. Uh, Bonnie's doing Wednesdays. I think that's still like a She Talk Live kind of a thing where it's all women, uh, which is pretty great. And then Thursday, uh, we've got uh, the infamous Jay Noon in here with Bonnie and uh, Joa, I believe. Uh, and that's sort of a rotating thing, too. I think a couple of those people rotate in and out. And then Saturdays, it's myself, you, Richie. The Rich. highlight of your week. <laughs> <laughs> and what's supposed to be Peakless Mountaineer, who's apparently running late tonight. I told him he had to wear the crown of shame when he gets here, so we'll see. I I may or may not have put one of our producers on the manufacturer of a crown. Someone has been commissioned to, to create a crown of shame. <laughs> Just so we can have him wear it when he gets here. We'll see if he uh, if he likes it or not. <laughs> and then uh, tomorrow, Sunday, uh, it's myself, uh, Nikki, of course, and uh, Steve Classic will be here. So The fun show. Yeah, Sundays, uh, we try and be a little lighter uh, than we do on the other days. But that being said, um, I wanted to start out with something else, but I'm not going to instead. Are we going to start out with happy anniversary? No, I was going to start with that, but let's not do that just yet. Let's wait till Peakless gets here. Boo! Yeah. Let him pay for being late. Well, okay, why not? Okay. Uh, So today... Actually, technically yesterday, I guess, according to Mark Edge, the co-founder of this show, uh, was the Free Talk Live 21st anniversary. Free Talk Live is now old enough to drink in all states in the U.S., and I didn't bring in any, like, champagne or anything. Thought about it too late. I, I, I did think about it, but then I'm like, ah, you know. Should message Peakless before he gets here and say, hey, pick some up on your way in, brother. That's a good idea. Hey, Peakless, will you message yourself and tell yourself to bring some champagne on your way in? I uh, can't, can't do the champagne. No. Bring some wine, though, if you want. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll do that at... Uh, now that the show itself can drink? Bottom bottom of the hour or top of the hour? I'm not oh. sure. We'll, we'll, we'll do something. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I 21 years of Free Talk Live is a significant milestone. Uh, 20 years was a significant milestone, and uh, 21 is significant simply because the feds tried to take us down. Numerous times. I mean, recently, right? Mm. Like within the last year or two or whatever it was, right? Numerous times and recently. Yeah. Yeah, 20 was its own milestone. 21 is a different milestone. Yeah, certainly is. Um, So happy anniversary to Free Talk Live. Thank you to... All of our listeners over the years, every one of you, uh, all of our callers, all of our former co-hosts, the ones that have come and gone, uh, Free Talk Live tends to have sort of a couple of steady people and then like a rotating cast and people come and go from time to time because, you know, life, right? I remember when that was the Sunday show. What? Like it was it was Mark and Ian Monday through Saturday. And then Sunday was, you know, here's your chance to, like, audition right. for the rest of the week. Yeah, there was a time when Mark and Ian did all seven days for some long period of time. Yeah. Like a year or two or something like that. I don't remember exactly When they first what added Sundays, because for a while there was no Sunday show. Right. And so, uh, yeah. And then, like, I mean, I started listening. I don't even remember who all was on, man. I remember, of course. 2007 uh, for me. I remember, of course, uh, Allie. Havens and uh, uh, what the heck was the other girl's name? The the brunette, um, Allie and Ellen. Okay, uh, I remember those guys, and and uh, they were pretty good. And of course, they're chicks too, and attractive at that. 
So, of course, I was tuning in all the time when they were on. But they also, To the radio. They, <laughs> no, actually to the video. Oh, okay. <laughs> to the video stream. Some uh, things are worth the video. If... I don't Not know why you, I don't know why you'd want to I don't know why you'd want to tune in tonight because we all have faces for radio but <laughs> if you do want to tune in watch.freetalklive.com uh, we'll get you directly to our Odyssey channel where you can see the streaming video of us here in the studio if you care to know what we look like um, I'm trying to remember who else there was a whole bunch of there's a lot a whole bunch of former co-hosts and you know I remember Johnson was on the show for some time there's a bunch of people that like. I was a big fan of Dale for a while, while he was on. Uh, of course, uh, Daryl was on for know, most of the show's life. I don't know, like at least a decade or something like that. Before his wildly successful foray in politics. Right. And, <laughs> for a libertarian. And, and, <laughs> for a libertarian. And, and marriage, I guess. Right. right. It's like he was single for most of the time he was on the show. And I'm not saying that him not being single had something to do with it. But, I am. But perhaps it did. I will say that that's how I got the job. Like when, when that incident took place, I reached out and said, "Like, hey, it looks like you need two hosts. I can be one." <laughs> well, statism and libertarianism both have their evangelistic by marriage arms. You see, yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, if I didn't mention your name, I apologize. I can't remember all of the former co-hosts, but uh, I love you all. Thank you for you know even having the the balls to step in and put your voice on the radio to speak out against statism to speak up for other people to speak up for freedom, for liberty, for prosperity, uh, and you know, a peaceful means to achieve that is also appreciated. Uh, so to all of our former co-hosts, thank you. Uh, this show could not have been on the air for 21 years without all of you. And to another 21 years. Yeah, that'd be nice. We're here. Yeah. Hopefully we don't need it, right? Hopefully in like a decade the state disappears and we're all free and, you know. Yeah, the format will change. I don't think so. I even even Honestly, if it does, uh, at, at, I'm trying to speak it into existence. Okay, well, I'm manifesting think, over here. I right? think we might need a, a few more decades than that for the state to disappear completely. However, we might have a different set of problems. I mean, I look forward to speaking out against the government of New Hampshire. <laughs> and and it's an open phone show, it right? Is, so you yeah. call in whatever you want, yeah. and in 21 years, you can still call in with whatever you want. So with that in mind, let's go to one of the most uh, influential activists, uh, at least uh, from the hosts of this show. It's uh, Dave Ridley calling from New Hampshire. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I guess there's been a, a slew of uh, politicians, I think maybe including prominent federal politician or two, who have been making pilgrimages to the New Hampshire's northern border to complain that there's not enough police state. <laughs> the northern border? Are they worried about the yeah, Canadian invasion? I heard something about we, that. Can you tell us more? We just barely have a road there, right? Uh, and it's only a small border. It's only about 13 miles long. Most people cross uh, at Derby Line, Vermont. But um, I guess uh, the, the New Hampshire Civil Liberties Union, uh, maybe about a week ago or so, uh, had a demonstration at the New Hampshire State House against this. So good on the... Good on the NHCLU. They're just trying to ramp up more police, trying to get more police activity into that area where moose might cross. Yeah, who are they worried about coming in? Canadians, eh? Don't you know what that's all about? 
Yeah, yeah, but no one's ever been worried about Canadians immigrant crossing the border. I know. Oh, that's, like, that's those like vile Canadians. Thing. There was that time they like came over and burned down the White House, and people were concerned at that point. But since then, okay. they've been very polite. <laughs> what we do, what we, what we do know is what it looks like when the when the federal government starts playing police state with a, a New England border, because that's what happened in Derby Line, and the town is now a ghost town. Okay. It, Go on. It's a, like there used to be a. Uh, it used to be very laid back. There was a, I guess, a library where, like, the library straddled the border between Canada and the United States, and no one cared, and you could just cross the border right there in the library if you wanted to, and go out the other side. <laughs> the other. No oh my cared, goodness! Right? Yeah. So wait, you didn't have to. So when you say it's a ghost town, what exactly do you mean? Does that mean like the town doesn't exist? Or there's just fewer just people. Very little. It's just it's just dead looking. It looks like one of those towns that borders New Hampshire, mm-hmm. which it does not. It's not that close to New Hampshire, but it um, it's certainly not that close to a lot of New Hampshire businesses. I guess is what I should say. But okay. the uh, uh, you said so normally you see the towns that look like ghost towns if they're close to the New Hampshire border and, and everybody's doing their shopping on our side of the border, right? Because there's no sales tax, right? But this isn't. That's not. That's not the case with Derby Line. I don't. I don't think it has much competition from close by towns in New Hampshire. What are they using to justify their position? Yeah, they're. I mean, they're is it like enforcement or whatever? Hundred hundred miles from the border is a constitution-free zone, and that kind of never went away. So, they're. I don't know. I don't know what they're using to justify it, and I can't think of anything. You know, they're probably angry that somebody might be able to drive a car through. You know, and may, maybe they have some joints in the back. Or maybe they have uh, you know firearm they're not supposed to have. Those pesky Mexicans are coming up from Texas, and they're driving clear across the middle of the United States, crossing the border into Canada in like you know Minnesota, and then traversing all of Canada only to come back in through the northernmost border of Canada at the New Hampshire border. This seems preposterous, and that is where fentanyl comes from. <laughs> Well, it's yet another. It's yet another reason for Quebec and New Hampshire to be united on something that we don't want a uh, fascist border between us enforced from outside. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the the larger the empire known as the United States of America grows, the more of this we're going to see because this is what uh, a closing society looks like—a a dying empire. Right? They start sort of. Uh, you know, wrestling with things like borders, and then they start pointing their guns instead of at enemies outside of their borders. They start pointing them at the citizens within the borders, and we've seen all of that happen already. Maybe they're trying to use it as a success story, right? Their utterly failure of closing the southern border. It's like, well, look, no one's coming in from the north. (laughs) We have successfully secured the northern border from invasion. Let's replicate what they do there at the southern border, which is nothing. (laughs) I think one or two Free Talk Live hosts have gone up there to investigate what's going on at Derby Line and were harassed just for filming outdoors. Yeah, I remember hearing stories about that of like one year at Porkfest or something, a, a group of folks jumped into a car or two. And drove up to to the border to, you know, just film, see what happens at the border, get some, you know, maybe do some activism, that type of a thing. And I think that that's what happened. Well, as I see it, the the entire Canadian structure is becoming completely tyrannical. So if we can open up a a little corridor for them to leave that kind of a police state, I'm all for it. 
they're just going to come here and get on the welfare system and not get jobs and vote Democrat. And yeah, that. that's how Canadians are. They oh. like to get on the welfare system and not work. That's uh, that's how they work. Yeah, the hey, Canadian hey, immigrant for problem. medicine, man. You don't know. Yeah, the Canadian <laughs> immigrant problem rivals that of the Mexican Im- immigrant problem. Yeah, in New Hampshire. Yeah. I mean, right. If you, yeah. And if you if you think about it, they try to have border security that keeps you inside the United States, locked up inside the United States, in a sense, because they right. will harass you on the way out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, right. and that's my position on this whole thing. Right. Is that they're not trying to keep Canadians from coming across to New Hampshire. They're trying to keep United States citizens inside of the United States. Is well, my and, take. And with all of this, it's it's both. Uh, so, like, if you look at the 15-minute cities that they're trying to implement, yeah. I mean, obviously, they're not concerned about culture mixing from one side of the city to another side of the city. What they're concerned about is controlling people's lives. They want these people to have defined, predictable patterns that they can then manipulate. In the same way, they want the Canadians to stay in Canada and the Americans to stay in America so that they can have defined, predictable patterns that get controlled by political elites. Mm. Well, and if Canada is going that tyrannical route that Peakless mentioned, right, if, if you're an American, it's probably not that bad yet here in New Hampshire, right? Right. Like you don't you don't want to be escaping to Canada, right? For any freedom related issue. That is that is not the direction I would go. Right. Right. Until and unless Quebec finally declares its freedom from the Anglican Empire. Right. Or I mean, I think are you guys above draft age? Yes. I think both of you are. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that was the you know the only other thing that you could be concerned about was well if they institute a draft <laughs> that might be a direction you <laughs> yes, want to go. If, please let me near your machinery. If, if you're a conscientious objector, you know. Yeah. I, number one, I probably wouldn't pass the medical, and number two, I would go the Muhammad Ali route and just let him arrest me. Uh, yeah, I know for a fact I'd pass the medical. I I was in the delayed entry program for a bit. Okay. Yeah, I even uh, qualified for absolutely every job the Navy has. Nice. They really wanted me to make nukes for them. I was kind of not into that. Okay. Do you know what Navy stands for? Mm. Never again volunteer yourself. Mm. Good call. <laughs> Good call. I learned that from a Navy nurse. <laughs> she was awesome. Yeah, I I do wonder if they will ever reinstitute the draft just as a matter of uh, losing face that much. I mean, the whole all-volunteer army is kind of uh, part of how they explain away having an empire. Uh, they've been, like, not meeting their quotas. We've covered this here on Free Talk Live, like... The military, the U.S. military is hard up for people. And they keep adding wars. Yeah. So. They do indeed. I was told there would be no math, but you do it and, you know, (laughs) figure out the numbers. But that's everywhere. Like, there's there's an employee shortage everywhere. I mean, people are finally starting to wake up to the fact that they are being screwed completely in ways that they literally cannot comprehend. But business. And that working is not actually worth it. Businesses with an employee shortage aren't expanding their business. True. Generally, True. Right? right? But the 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 war empire, it's like, oh yeah, no, no, we'll go to Israel, we'll oh, go yeah. to Ukraine, yeah. oh, it, we'll it, go there. It literally has Taiwan. To. You need us too. We'll be there in a minute. Oh right? man, I mean, with, with no manpower. I mean, uh, I still think that the biggest thing that uh, put the establishment. Uh, somewhat against trump was that he didn't expand the war machine at the rate that they were hoping for and they have their minds set and their system set on a continual expansion you have to keep making new wars otherwise you're not justifying new expenses uh dave are you cooking dinner (laughs) 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 what's for dinner what are you having Mm -hmm. what 
Mung bean sprouts. Oh, mung mung bean, bean sprouts. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, uh, while your mouth is full, uh, did you have anything else to say? Well, thanks for bringing Gardner Goldsmith on. Um, I used to call his show 20, 20 years ago, actually. Wow. So uh, I didn't what, realize what he'd been around. He on? He's on Fridays. Uh, he still does his own show, I think, six days a week? Something like that. Something like that? On so, Rumble. Uh, yeah, on Rumble. And so I think it's GardnerGoldsmith.com is his website. LibertyConspiracy.com. Liberty okay, so around. he still does his show, but he does a special show, three hours of content just for Free Talk Live on Fridays. And so you can hear that from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern every Friday uh, at freetalklive.com or whatever radio is carrying Free Talk Live. GardnerGoldsmith.com? I think LibertyConspiracy.com might be the better one. LibertyConspiracy.com. Yep. That's right, the one thanks, I always guys. go to. All right. Thanks for the call, Dave. We appreciate you. Hey, we, where can people find out more about you? Oh, well, actually, what I would say is uh, you want to do something about the problems like this fascism on the border, then come to forum.shiresociety.com rather than following hunting for me. Go to forum.shiresociety.com because that's the most I think it's the most active web forum in New Hampshire. And shake your fist online. (laughs) Indeed. Yeah. All right. Thank you for the call, Mr. Ridley. We'll talk to you next time. 603-283-6160 is the number if you would like to join us here tonight. Um, Yeah, this this whole border thing is just a crock. Mm -hmm. Are you guys border-tarians? No. I I think that they should, like all borders, just... They don't exist. They're figments of our imagination. They're human constructs. I do get the argument. I do, too. I do. But... You're wrong. It starts so, with a false premise. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the whole thing is like, well, we have discovered that we have no chance of reducing the welfare state. And since we can't reduce the welfare state, we think we can just keep people from coming into the country to take advantage of it. And no, no, just keep hammering away at the welfare state. Keep hammering away at government spending. Yeah. Or since that hasn't worked... Use something that undermines the nature of government spending. Use currency that they cannot print. Right. They also assume that because the United States uh, declares ownership over the borders, mm-hmm. right, that they get to control it. Right. Now, oh no, it's it's private in insofar as the government owns it, and then they get to say who comes and goes. Well, I mean, it's kind of an intractable uh, problem among ethical people what to do with government property because what do you do with other people's stolen goods? We've got more coming up for you tonight, including uh, what's going on with San Bankman fraud, amongst many other stories. We've got a lot to cover tonight, so 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live is coming up. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases. But Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction, and its features ensure Dash is undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible, and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their Chainlocks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol, and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Big thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. 
Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. Welcome back to the Saturday night edition of Free Talk Live. The telephone number here in the studio, if you would like to join in the conversation tonight, is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Peakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. Uh, before we go on, I want to say thank you to Riaz, who is a gold-level amplifier. What does it mean to be an amplifier? Well, you can go over to amps.freetalklive.com and find out all about the AMPS program. Uh, it stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support, AMPS. And uh, essentially, it's a way for you to contribute to getting this radio program onto more radio stations. We're on about 180 radio stations now. We could be on 200, 250, 300, 350. Not out of the question. It's all up to you. Uh, Riaz is a gold level member, so that means he gives 10 bucks a month. We only ask for five. That's the silver level. And there are some little benefits that you get. It's a Patreon type setup if you're familiar with that. You can find out all about it at amps.freetalklive.com. If you enjoy this show, the hosts, the co hosts, the content that we bring, the perspective of freedom, peace, and prosperity, Please consider becoming an amplifier over at amps.freetalklive.com. Thank you again, Riaz. We appreciate you. All right. What happened to the crown of shame? Yeah, what happened to the crown of shame? Producer? Was there a crown of shame? No? Okay. No. no. All, right. All right. All right. Well, I guess you're off the hook, Peakless. Mm. We were going to... You, you texted me. You're like, running late. And I replied. I don't know if you saw it or not, but I like, you will wear the crown of shame. And then we tried to get Joe to manufacture something that resembled a crown of, crown of shame, but... He thought he had a, he thought he had a, a like a Burger King crown out in his car or something. We were gonna try and. I don't think you pay me enough to make me wear something I don't want to wear. <laughs> we pay you? <laughs> Wait, you guys are getting paid? <laughs> you wouldn't take money to wear something? <laughs> I'm saying you'd have to you'd have to increase it. You, really? You'd have to pay me something valuable <laughs> to get me to wear a thing that I did not want to wear. That's what they did with the but, face mask. But but you wouldn't okay. be able to determine whether or not you wanted to wear it until you saw it. Mm. Right? So hopefully it would have been grandiose enough. I don't know. It's a crown of shame. That you would have been like, okay, that's is a crown of inter- shame. Is it an like intergalactic it's... space king level gra- uh, crown of shame? No, because space and king would wear the crown of shame. That's, why, that's mm. why we sicked our producers on it, but um, yeah. you know, we, we, had, we ran out of time. Right? You got here too fast. And also <laughs> we thought of it way too late. Mm. <laughs> more, more accurately, we thought of it way too late. <laughs> It puts the crown on its head. Or else it gets, it gets the host, the host again. <laughs> or else it gets the, gets the host again? What? <laughs> uh, what did you call it, Peakless? Scam bankster fraud? Scam bankster fraud. Uh, it, this hasn't been covered on Free Talk Live yet, so we should talk about Sam, scam bankster fraud, also known as Sam Bankman Freed, uh, faces potential century-long sentence. For those of you who don't know who Sam Bankman-Fried is, he is the real crypto scam artist. He is. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. They, Actual victims. Uh, yes. 
Yeah. Oh, and also he was the real guy, money laundering. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, he was the guy that was most uh, trying to get uh, or become compliant with government as well. So even though he jumped through all the hoops, he did all the licensing and all it registered as a financial services company and all that stuff. Donated all to write the political campaign. Donated to both campaigns, both oh, the Republicans yeah. and the billions, of, well, millions. Tens of, of other people's millions money. Yeah. of dollars. Millions of dollars. All of which was dark money for the Republicans because he gets in trouble for that these days. Right. But he still wanted to bribe all of the politicians. Which he did, definitely did do, uh, near as I can tell. And uh, and this was an excellent way of funneling money through uh, uh, Ukraine. Yep. So none of the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? None of the bureaucracy, none of the laws, none of the licensing, none of the government, anything. Right. Uh, the 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 KYC checks, the you know consumer, you know whatever the protections supposedly offered. By the government, if you jump through their hoops and you license yourself to operate as an exchange in the United States, and that these things are supposed to protect you and the and your customers and anybody who does transactions. None of that. It didn't prevent a damn thing. He right. still defrauded people out of billions. Right. And and because he had all those boxes checked, right, there was a presumption that they were more protected than else. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and the amazing thing is that he did nothing out of the ordinary. Like, this is just another day for the ordinary financial world, but they have regulators that they have bribed, whereas cryptocurrencies have records. Well, and, but he tried to bribe people. He just, he got caught in a downswing that brought everything to light. Right. Like, if, if it was still a bull market and everything was like hunky-dory and going up, right, he could have carried on the scam even longer. Oh, yeah. But that that Binance dude screwed him. Yep. Uh, so without getting into this whole article, apparently sentencing was scheduled for or is scheduled for March 28th of 2024. He's confronted with the daunting prospect of spending over a century behind bars for the convictions he has incurred in an emailed statement to NBC Bankman Fraud's lawyer, Mark Cohen, said, Mr. Bankman Freed maintains his innocence and will continue to vigorously fight the charges against him. Is he being held in custody for sentencing? Because he is definitely a flight risk. Right. I he is politically well-connected. Yes. And extremely wealthy. And Yeah. No, we took all of his money. No, you didn't. Oh, we got hacked. Sure you did. I assume, yes, he is, based on uh, the... The quantity of do- well, no, dollars he was out involved. at first, and then violated bail conditions, and then got taken back into custody. Yeah, this article doesn't say whether or not it just says he's been convicted yeah. of all all seven charges, including wire fraud, securities fraud, commodities fraud, and money laundering. Uh, the jury reached a verdict at seven forty-five p.m. Like Eastern real time money on laundering. Thursday. Right. We'll be clear about that. Right. Yeah. Actual money laundering yeah. and just straight up fraud. Yes. Like, even in our system, he would be a criminal because he told people he was doing A, and he did B. A being make the money and put their, their uh, money in an account that was safe from him, and B being steal all of their money. Yeah, if you look into the details of <clears throat> Sam Bankman-Fried, or as we like to call him, scam bankster fraud, uh, and then you look at the details of the case against the Crypto Six, Ian Freeman in particular, you're going to notice some stark differences. Mm-hmm. Very stark. 
Uh, so I encourage you to do so and educate yourself uh, because it's, well, it's not good. The state is not your friend. Uh, in this particular case, uh, I think this is just a case of like, it was just too large for the state to cover up. Like they didn't know how to cover it up. Well, and that's kind of the beauty of this is that blockchains keep records. So it's extremely difficult to ultimately cover up uh, a discovered uh, fraud. Right. Well, okay. And I will also say this. Sometimes, right, they find their boy guilty. They sentence him. Mm -hmm. And then on page B12 of the local newspaper, it's early release. Yeah. And nobody covers it. I'm still expecting that. Right. Like, so, yeah. so either sure. either he skips town and we lost him. Like, okay, he did the cardinal sin. You are not allowed to touch cryptocurrency because that is a threat to dollar dominance. And threatening the dollar's reserve currency of the world's status is an absolute no-no for the political elites. So they are punishing him. But he still is who he is. So okay. I am still expecting that at some point he's going to end up with a slap on the wrist for all this. I don't, eh, I might disagree that they're punishing him for touching crypto. Like he was, the, I think it's more so that he was their crypto guy, right? Like he's the one, he's the one that they can then use the crypto to funnel all that money and launder it through Ukraine and all these other places, right? Without it being you know, through Joe Biden's natural bank account. I think he is one of the examples of if you touch crypto, they will punish you. Okay. All of the banks that they took down, those didn't actually need to be taken down. They were in the same circumstance as, oh, most of the entire banking world. Right. But right. they were specifically targeted by regulators and said, nope, we're taking right. you down. And they specifically targeted exclusively and all of the ones who were known to deal with crypto. Right. But I'm, what I'm saying, again, is I don't think they would have taken him down if the Binance situation didn't come to light. Like if mm. the market didn't turn. Right, they would have continued to funnel money through crypto and and Sam Bankman Fried. I don't know. I think it's a little too convenient that he got taken down on election day. Okay, <laughs> I think they were done with him. That's possible, but I don't. I don't. They were using him too much in that space to to punish him for being in that space. Do my dirty work, scapegoat. Oh no, I think that's exactly it. Is he is the example? Do not touch this. Okay. If you do all of the normal things that we are accustomed to in the financial world, but you do them with crypto, we will not protect you. Okay. We will let financial. Uh, well, yeah. but but he but he was protected up until he wasn't. That's what the right the the, the, right. the situation turned, and there was no longer a path to cover up. Right. Right. And so they they scapegoated him. But they used him along the way. Like he was he was on their side. Right. They were on the same team until they couldn't anymore. Yeah, my position is is that he was the fall guy. He was the scapegoat. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Not and because he got into crypto, no, but no, because no. there was just not a cover up. Well, and also no also they want to demonize cryptocurrency as much as possible. So including, and that was also a way. Inclu- including the crypto six, including the, the Binance stuff, including the Coinbase stuff. Uh, and uh, they've been arresting a whole bunch of other people doing these uh, no-knock raids on other crypto people, other people who have done uh, business online through uh, these websites where you can exchange cryptocurrency for dollars, that kind of a thing. 
Uh, they've been arresting people at, at an alarming rate. And so this was just another thing that they could hold up and go, see, crypto bad. And now yeah. they're making claims that like, oh, crypto was funding Hamas and crypto was funding, you know, blah, 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 these terrorists and all that. And it's like, guess what, you guys? The United States dollar is the most used criminal currency on planet Earth. And we didn't get to it last week, Kevin, but you had an article. I don't know if, if you ever got to it. Um, the like head of the SEC or whatever apologizing to library. Oh yeah, we for never taking did them get down. to that. Yeah, I don't. Like they went. That was a mistake. We we should have worked with these people or something to that. Yeah, effect. it was it was really? an opinion piece where they were yeah. like, yeah, I think we might have screwed up. But it was an opinion piece from like a high level yeah. person. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. So that that's one of the weird things is so. Uh, you are not allowed to have more than three of the five commissioners of the SEC be from the same party. Okay. So right now there's three Democrats, two Republicans, and one of the two Republicans has been going on the news all the time being like, yeah, I don't know. It's always mystified me why we haven't approved uh, a spot ETF for Bitcoin. Okay. And we really have done a, a, we've done a terrible job with crypto and with Bitcoin. That might but be the same chick. That's, yeah. that's the minority opinion. Like, sure, you think that, but at least three of these people, if not four, are 100% behind the no, we will, we will fog all of the rules at every opportunity. Because that's right. the thing. If, even if you make terrible rules, if there are rules, you're giving people permission to touch the thing. Right now, they do not want there to be rules because no one has permission to touch it. It disheartens me to think that the... Mm, the acceptance, if you will, uh, legally or otherwise, uh, of cryptocurrency by people, right? When, when enough people are like, yeah, it's cool, man, that, that that's going to take the same sort of thing that it took for the f- just to even achieve the same thing the United States has with marijuana right now. A lot, Most states now have some sort of legalization or at least decriminalization of marijuana, but it's taken like three generations right. for it to get there, and it disheartens me to think that it's going to take three generations. So by 2083... Of, of cryptocurrency use for people to go, yeah, I don't know why this wasn't legal in the first place. Right? Well, I think that kind of depends on how things uh, develop going forward, because at the moment, there's a pretty large contingent of the Republican Party that is in favor of it. Well, it just it just seems and there's to- a, there's definitely some powerful players in the Democratic Party that are very against it, and they do define each other like themselves against each other. Like I want to have faith that like human beings can take a look at this and you know make an informed, logical decision, right? But that doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Oh no, no, definitely no. not. Because the mainstream is still like, well, what's it backed by? Yeah. What is uh, it backed the by? The same Math. thing as the dollar. Math. No, no, no. Uh, not the same thing as the dollar. And the dollar's backed by some violence. Other the dollar's backed by violence. Cryptocurrency is backed by math. Well, I mean. People understand violence. They don't understand math. Yeah, that's true. Uh, let's go to some of your calls and thoughts. We have Jet calling from, well, where the heck are you, Jet? Midair. Da, 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 da. Spokane. <laughs> if you want to get down, get down in the town of Spokane or Spokane for those who don't live in Washington. Yeah, I call it Spokane all the time just to get in trouble. Uh, the uh, I want to cover a couple things. You know, you're first of all, I'll just make a comment about this Sam Bank, whatever he is. Um, if if someone like that, or some greasy individual, came to you and said, "Would you like to buy some Bitcoin?" I mean, would you really respond? I mean, I'm kind of envious of his talent to be able to persuade all these big money people to join. But anyway, well, he was very upfront in the beginning. If you if you were able to interpret his language, 
He's like, I'm going to do a Ponzi yeah. scheme, but with cryptocurrency. And it's going to work because cryptocurrency is fundamentally different. And then it wasn't. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. The other, a um, couple other things, um, you know, you mentioned borders. I like to point out to people in America here that you cross borders of states all the time, of countries all the time, because each one of these states, of course, is a country. Is and it, what's though? Interesting about it, I feel dirty when I go into Massachusetts. Right. Fair. <laughs> like, I don't want to be here. I feel like a hippie when Who I go to Vermont. Okay. You fit right Who in, then. You mentioned that the borders are arbitrary. Yes. Was that you, Captain? Uh, I, I mentioned that they are a human construct. Yeah, when you think about it, you take a look at all all of the states here within the United States. All of them have at least one straight line. In other words, it just got to a point and go, I went, um, Okay, from here to there. <laughs> you know, it's just funny. Yeah, they just drew a line. Yeah. I mean, there are such a thing yeah, they, as, as natural borders, right? People will argue with you like, well, oh, what? Like, but this, this state borders on the Mississippi or this state borders well, on the coast. or Vermont like, and New Hampshire is okay. split by a river. So. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, yes, there are, you know. The river that connects us and cuts us in half. And I can't remember what it's called. I don't know the name of the river either. Oh, no, it's the Connecticut River. The Connect-I-Cut River. Okay. It connects us. And it cuts us. And cuts us. It's still arbitrary. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, let's say the border down through the Rocky Mountains or something, it could have been on one side or the other instead of in the middle of the Rocky Mountains. Right. But uh, the other question I had was, aren't cages supposed to be reserved for wild animals? Wouldn't that be nice? I just think I just think of all those people who haven't actually hurt anyone physically. They're not, they're not a danger, as it were, uh, but yet they're in a cage as though they're a wild animal. And with modern technology, um, we could strap them up with all kinds of monitors and things. Uh, they could walk around and be, I, mean, I don't know, just track every step, every hour, heart rate, um, you know, blood pressure. Don't do that. Then it's going to expand to everybody. Hmm. If if they're going to start doing that with criminals and let them walk free, they're going to find a way to implement that for everybody who's walking free. Yeah, it's called the social credit score. Well, and the thing is, yeah, Yeah. you're right. Or a CBDC. The purpose of a of a of a cage was that people are sometimes very dangerous. And if we think someone might be dangerous, we need to lock them away from other people until we can determine if they're dangerous or not. That's a reasonable thing to do. Like, hey, this person's accused of murder, so he might be out murdering people. So until we figure that out for sure, well, we need to put him aside. And if we find out for sure, yeah, he's murdering people. We can't just let him around other people. But it's been completely abused to this person didn't pay their parking tickets and this person why they had a flower that i don't approve of and they might have even wanted to sell that flower to other people they're being sacrificed for the greater good of the state well from the state's perspective yeah they're a living sacrifice they are a living sacrifice their human their individuality and their humanity no longer matter What's what is important is how society moves forward without them. And I just want to remind our listeners that the United States government has more prisoners in cages than the entire Soviet Russia era gulags ever had. So more prisoners uh, than any other nation in the entire history of planet Earth. And that brings me to my final point, which is 
these other people calling themselves this man or the other are just other humans who have no more right to do anything than you or I. And so pass it along. I love it. Jet, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate you. 603-283-6160. If you want to join us tonight, it is amazing to me that the the common folk, right? You just go out to like, you know, hang out at a restaurant or a bar or something, and you just stare at your phone, but you're listening to everybody around you. Nobody talks about any of this stuff, right? They're talking about, oh, did you hear about the accident? Or, oh, yeah, they're putting up a new bridge over there. They're not talking about, yeah, did you know there's more prisoners in the U.S. than ever in any empire in all of history? Right. Like, yeah. somehow this information is escaping people. Well, and he said they, they don't have any more right than anybody else, but they exercise it and they get away with it. Right. And so, de facto, they do. No, they don't have a right. They have power. That's different. It, I have the power the to kill you. I don't have the right to do that. But it functions the same. No, unless it doesn't. You're, unless you're going to defend your right against theirs, they're going to outmatch you with power and you will lose. Well, and you can scream from the cages, I have a right to be free, and they are not going well, to let you out. Rights are not respected among these beasts. Understood. Rights are respected among human beings. I respect your right to exist. Got it. And so if, if thus, they're not here respe- we are, not killing each other. And so if they're not respecting anybody else's rights, why are they allowed to exist? Well, and that brings up the question, is uh, they claim the right of a monopoly on violence. Where did they get the right from? From the exercise thereof. From being violent. Yeah, they yes. never ha- they claim a right that they never had right. because you cannot have the right to monopoly on force. Right. They claim or the monopoly the right. on initiating force, for that matter. They claimed the right to the monopoly on violence, and they, they, they defended that right with violence. Right. And unless you're going to repel that, they will continue to dominate that argument yeah. well, with violence. Maybe. There's other ways. So they're if, not going to use other if ways. If rather than repelling it, I can simply undermine it. They can eventually lose all of their capacity for violence. Go on. So if I use currencies that they cannot print, that is the most extraordinary way to remove their ability to kill people around the world, remove their ability to spy on every man, woman, on, and child in America, remove all of their ability to do these terrible, forceful things by empowering something that they cannot control. And when all of the power, because that's the thing, the more powerful something like Bitcoin or even gold becomes, the more powerful it becomes after that. It avalanches. So when all of the human effort is directed away from state currencies, from the state ability to direct human effort, then they will lose the ability to do the violence because that's just one of the ways that they direct human effort. They'll pivot. They will they will pivot into it doesn't work. They will pivot into cryptocurrency. They will they will threaten the violence uh, amongst the general populace using cryptocurrency. Right, right. But, you'll, you'll pay your taxes in Bitcoin. But even if they do, they still cannot produce the amount of money required for all of these wars. Right. Now, let's, let's, let's assume you're right here, that they pivot into, uh, taking, into taking Bitcoin for their taxes. Now, even then, at that point, you have a vested interest in your people being productive. 
as it currently stands, they don't care if Americans are productive. No interest whatsoever. No interest at all in us being productive, healthy human beings because they don't have to. They can print money and therefore it doesn't matter whether we're productive because they can't tax our productivity to get all of their power. Well, Whereas even then, even then, th- number one, their their incentive is on our productivity so that they can tax our productivity. Which they still do, in addition to the printing. Well, except it's insignificant. for, it's except for the, the taxation that occurs at least on like, uh, you know, paychecks, right? That kind that's, of thing. That's the big one. Uh, is uh, like that... Doesn't Property even, taxes. That doesn't even pay like the interest on the national debt. I got it, but it's a power move. They're still taking away some of your productivity. Uh, 603-283-6160. Still to come, what did Denver do that decreased crime, or at least made an impact that other places haven't done? We'll talk about that, plus more of your calls and thoughts and other stories still to come. Hour number two of Free Talk Live is coming up. Protection. Eleutheromania. The insatiable desire for freedom. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Saturday night edition of Free Talk Live. It's not the kind of motorboat we were talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we... I hate to leave our listeners not clued in, but that's what we're going to do. <laughs> hey, if you want to know what we talk about during the break, come to New Hampshire. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, in the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Beakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. What's the telephone number? It's 603-283-6160. What's our website? Freetalklive.com. Nice. Or LRN.FM. That's another good one. So we were talking about uh, Sam Scam Bankster Fraud, also known as Sam Bankman Fried, facing up to a century uh, after being found guilty up of- Up to or more than. I thought it was like 110 years. Potential century-long sentence okay. is what the headline All right. from Bitcoin.com reads. There have been other estimates, so you know, right. somewhere around 100 years. Okay. Right? Give or take 10, you know, I guess. I don't know. We'll, sure. we'll see what happens. Uh, and then before we went to break, I talked about what is Denver doing to reduce gun violence because they've they've implemented a thing. Oh. Now I'm I'm gonna just pseudo spoil it a little bit because, <laughs> in my opinion, it's well what they should have been doing the whole damn time. So let's get into it. Gun violence, constitutional carry. This from themarshallproject.org. One city's surprising tactic to reduce gun violence, solving more non-fatal shootings. Oh, yeah, okay. Whoa! 
Was it Denver that was also uh, try or Colorado also trying out like not sending the cops to mental health crises? Um, I think that was that was either Denver or Seattle. I'm not sure. One of those okay. two. But either yeah, way. You're, you're, you're right. Yeah. It sounds like just the sort of innovative police work that they might do in Denver. The- maybe, just maybe, our cops are not, in fact, qualified psychotherapists. Not at all. So They're qualified psychos. So right. the first or psychos thing, with qualified immunity. The mm. first thing I thought of when I read this: one city's surprising tactic to reduce gun violence, solving more non-fatal shootings. So my first thought is: wait a minute. So you could they, just do that? They haven't. <laughs> they haven't been solving non-fatal shootings. Well, of course not. Where's the money in that? Right. Where's the money in that? Uh, Their job is. Isn't to- this what you know? Police. In theory, what we're taught in school or indoctrinated oh, to believe oh that. Yeah. that they do, right? They solve crimes. But, oh, you mean what if children believe police do? It's so, on all the TV shows, too. Adults believe it, too. So yeah, it gets better. The sub-italicized headline Ooh. reads, A Denver police unit started investigating all shootings like homicides. Now other cities are taking notice. Actual police work being like, done by the police. Like, wait a minute. Shocking. Like, wait a minute. So, first of all... Uh, in the case of shootings, they were not treating shootings equally. They were prioritizing the homicides where somebody died over the ones where, well, somebody lived. And okay. you would think prioritizing the ones where somebody lived, got shot and lived, would be a higher priority than somebody who got shot and died. Maybe. If, the, if you know, we, we talked earlier about, like, the psychopaths in cages, right? If, if nope. there's a murderer out and about and he's killing people, you probably want to catch that guy before you go after, you know, the dude who got shot in a bar because he got into an argument. That would be the sane response is, hey, this is an active threat to human life. Yeah. Let's make sure that that's not mm, around human life. Yeah. Like the main guy, couple was it last week or whatever? Like they shut the state down. The main guy. Right. M-A-I-N-E. Oh. The main. The main shooter. shooter. The main man. The main man. (laughs) Right. But I mean, like. The main man from Maine. Try that in uh, New Hampshire. See where it gets you. That's all I have to say about that. I think it'll get them in the same place. Yeah, Maine's actually not that different gun-wise than New Hampshire. Yeah, it is. no, it isn't. Uh, I'll not consult my because, if because you I, want, I, but... Well, no, I looked it up before I took a trip over there, and it's like, oh, I don't have to I don't have to get a reciprocal piece of paper that says, oh, because you can carry in New Hampshire, I mean, you can carry I'll, in Maine. It's I'll just give open you carry. The, the... Open carry is fine there. Concealed carry is fine there. Uh, you don't have to get a permit or anything like that. So in that I'll respect, that it's the similar. Laws, right. The laws are yes. similar, right. but the culture is not. Okay. Like, you cannot just open carry and it be socially acceptable there. Yeah, I went into the, uh, I, don't know, I almost said it. Well, it might not uh, be socially acceptable, but you're not going to get in trouble I went into the, right. uh, the adult gentleman's club <laughs> in Maine, uh, and uh, they, they wouldn't let me in while I was packing. Right. Right, so, you know, but that's... And I didn't even have my gun on me. But that... <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> All right, so from the article... Uh, when Denver police sped to the scene of a shooting on June 27, 2022, they found a victim lucky to be alive and a case that could just as easily have been a homicide. A man and a woman had attempted to steal an unoccupied car that was idling at a gas station. When the owner chased them on foot, one of the assailants shot him in the face. Ooh. Somehow, the bullet deflected off of his mouth. He lost some teeth, but he didn't lose his life. Nice. The, the difference between life and death was a matter of inches or less. And in most big U.S. cities, that arbitrary outcome might also have determined whether the shooter faced justice. 
That's because major police departments devote far fewer resources to solving non-fatal shootings than they do to fatal ones. Police generally clear about half of homicides by arresting a suspect or in the extraordinary circumstances by determining they cannot, for example, if the suspect died. But when the victim survives, departments in some cities make an arrest in fewer than one of ten shootings, according to data gathered by the Marshall Project. The Marshall Project, by the way, for those of you who don't know, is a nonprofit newsroom covering the U.S. criminal justice system. So hopefully they're somewhat unbiased yeah. when you know, when reporting this type of stuff. Again, still not a fan of the police and its current funding scheme. Right. But a move in the right direction should be golf clapped for, applauded ever so slightly. Right. But not wow, in, but police do your, doing what people do believe job. police do. Yes. Well, and it like it, this is so it it really just irked me reading this article uh before uh, the show. But not in Denver, as the car thieves would learn. In the past few years, the Mile High City has set out to end the disparity between how police treat homicides and near homicides, and other cities are taking notice. In 2020, responding to an uptick in gun violence, the city's police department adopted the uncontroversial but unusual approach of seriously trying to solve every non-fatal shooting. Good. Let that sink in for a second. So up until now, so first of all, only in Denver right now <laughs> are they in Denver are they do they taking seriously try to solve every every non-fatal shooting. Yeah. Every other well, city they don't every seriously other city, try. There are people out there just sort of shooting people and they try to solve maybe some of them. You go to they Chicago, don't seriously they're not trying try and solve all of them. Right. So up until now, 2023 or 2022, I guess when this was written. Right. Uh, police departments did not seriously attempt to solve all shootings. Right. Well, but we we knew that. <laughs> right? We knew that. We knew that. And I mean, part of it is just very clearly that you get a lot more credibility when you're like, hey, I solved this many murders, as opposed to, hey, I solved this many non-fatal you'll, shootings. You'll never guess how which they- Which is backward because those are the ones you really want like there's someone out there shooting people you want to track those people down yeah you'll never guess how they went about accomplishing this task you're right no they, actually you you guys probably guess it spot on so i'm not going to ask you for your okay. responses i'm just going to go on and read the rest of this uh <laughs> the uh officials created a new unit a task force the firearm assault shoot team or fast Devoted solely to the task, F-A-S-T, a firearm assault team. shoot team. Over the last three years, FAST has cleared hundreds of shootings, arresting suspects or issuing warrants for their capture at nearly triple the department's previous rate for these violent crimes. Okay. So they could have been doing this. They could have been doing this the whole time. Where'd, yeah, where'd they get all these new detectives the effort has shown it's that when beat cops, right? The effort has shown that when detectives have the time, resources, and commitment, they can resolve most shootings. Okay. Wouldn't you know it? <laughs> detectives are actually pretty good at detecting you know, when they feel like it. When well, they're committed, that, that we also already knew. Yeah, uh, right. and when they, tr- when they track down protesters. 
to like their Etsy account right, for the yeah. shirt they were wearing on the smudged camera video from the from J6 or whatever, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Right, go like we know exactly who that is. Dude, I know a, we I know, know a, they can do the work. I know a person who wasn't at January 6th at the DC, but he was at like a capital of another state taking part in a protest. Yep, and he got a visit. Yep, from. You know, the federal, you know, the FBI yeah. or, you know, you were somewhere or something else. like, like, well, we, we, yeah, we saw you on video when you were at the Capitol on January 6th at the protest and like, am I like, being detained yeah. or am I free to go? Right. You know, it was there's, basically how that, that conversation There was went. a lot of people at that protest, you know? Yeah. But they caught them all. Or did you, did you visit every single one of them? They were. Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me. They were. That's the and thing. And that's what they're doing instead of stopping the people who we know have shot human beings in, for example, the face. Yes. But that's the thing. So when they, when they want to arrest people, they have the tools, they have the technology, we already know how they get the resources, they spend the time... Right, the people, the January 6th people, they went and they did their protest, they went home, yep. and like a year later, they get a knock on the door and they're arrested yep. for just whatever whatever it is they're accused of doing at that time. See, but, being in the wrong protest, arrested, shooting someone in the face, that's ah, fine. maybe well, someone will we'll eventually get around to that a little later. But they're Possibly. picking them off individually. Oh, yeah. Right? They, they protested as a group and they're being arrested individually. You got to stick together, man. All right, so this effort in Denver has shown that when detectives have time, resources, and commitment, they can resolve most shootings. Go figure. And Taxes will go up as they need more resources. And it raises uncomfortable questions about why police departments across the rest of the country do not. <laughs> Lack of motivation and no income for it. Quote the- Well, and really sincerely, they have no competition. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, quote, the only difference between a non-fatal shooting and a homicide is luck, unquote, said Paul Pazin, the former Denver police chief who launched fast in 2020. Policing shouldn't come down to luck, but it does because y'all have no incentive, no incentive to do what this particular team is doing. Historically, Denver's gun murder rate has been about average amongst large American cities. Minorities have borne a disproportionate share of the violence an analysis by the Public Health Institute at Denver found that black people in Denver were about five times as likely to be murdered with guns as white people between 2011 and 2015. Oh, but don't say who they're being murdered by, because mm. then you get accused of stuff. But the police department usually solved the homicides. In 2013, the U.S. Justice Department selected the city for a report on best practices for making homicide arrests. Like other high-performing homicide units, Denver's was a single team of rigorously vetted officers who had undergone special training and worked intensively on a handful of cases at a time. Ideally, a homicide investigator leads no more than three cases per year, according to Justice Department reports. That seems low. Non-fatal shootings were not treated the same way, however. These crimes fell to officers in each of Denver's six police districts who were handling all manner of cases and upwards of 250 a year. So it's a stark difference between three and 250. Yeah, let's meet in the middle somewhere because three seems like a lot of walking around and donut eating time. Yep. Yep. And 250 seems like you're not going to get anything done. Right. Pazin once asked an investigator why it was difficult to solve non fatal shootings. 
We can run pretty good on the case for about 48 hours, he recalled, the officer telling him. But then more cases come in. And if I have trouble getting a hold of witnesses, if I have trouble getting a hold of the victim, then this case often gets pushed to the back burner. Uncooperative witnesses are a regular part of police work. But when given a choice between overcoming these hurdles and addressing a competing priority, a burglary ring or a series of auto thefts, busy officers can set aside investigations of non-fatal shootings to focus on crimes where they felt they could make more of a difference. Doesn't this sound like low-hanging fruit to you guys? It does. Like, eh. cops are getting cases in, and they're like, okay, well, let's get a hold of a witness, let's get a hold of a victim, let's get a hold I mean, okay. Uh, we got voicemail, and you know, we went to their house, they didn't answer the door. Oh, look, another case. Oh, look, we know well, this guy, let's go arrest him. Think about think about your job, or my job, or whoever's job, yeah. right? You, you, you are often faced with, like, multiple tasks to do at your position. Yeah. And if you if you hit a stumbling block on a particular task, right, you can power through it if nope. you can. But if you're waiting on resources like witnesses to come forward and testify, yeah. and something else comes in your inbox, sure, you're not going to let your inbox pile up while right. you're waiting on this one thing. Yeah, so no, you just I'm, move on. I, I, I'm just pointing out that like this yeah. is an obvious flaw in, in the system, right? Meh. I'm not. I wouldn't go that far. Okay. It's a. It's a. It's a. Fit, it's a prioritization. An incentivization issue. I don't know if it's a flaw. Well, yeah, when, when you have more work than you can actually do, you're bound to triage at some point. Sure. What right. they should have been doing all along, of course, is saying, hey, things that are less than, say, people shooting people, we don't really need to deal with. Right. But people shooting people are things that are really important. Right. And sure, some of them we can't get done for whatever reason. Right. We can't. Uh, the witness isn't coming forward. Yeah. We the, don't have the, the evidence. The prioritization whatever. and the incentives are backwards. Right. Uh, well, again, but the, the, the witness hel- being held up is a difficult hurdle to overcome. Like how are you? Yeah, some, if you're doing some the of investigative these, work, and some like, of these things for would something. still be a problem even in a free market. Right, but the incentives would be in the right direction. Uh, going okay. on, they'd walk away from these cases, citing the victim's refusal to cooperate. Recalled See? Mark Clark, who commands the Major Crimes Division. Even in a free market, pr- private detective, right? If he hits a roadblock and another case comes in, that's going to pay. Right. Right, he's going to work that case harder until he hits another roadblock. As well. The department couldn't even measure its performance investigating non-fatal shootings because it didn't have a system for counting them. Okay, <laughs> this is a failure. So it Someone should have a system, system for failure for counting non-fatal shootings. They didn't have a system for counting them. Hey, Bob. have they heard of numbers? Hey, Bob, how many non-fatal shootings you working on? Yeah, I don't know about seventeen, Captain. Hey, Larry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow, I believe you've just devised a like, system by which we could count like, such things. They are bureaucrats. They just have to have forms laying around, don't they? I'm sure right? there's a form for it somewhere. How, I don't believe that do there's they, not a form for do, that. Do they know what a spreadsheet is? Right? right. You know, do they have data entry clerks? Do they, you know. At any rate, in the department's databases, non-fatal shootings were grouped with other aggravated assaults be they committed with knives, vehicles, or fists. Non-fatal shootings got lost in the pool of incidents, which was 50 times larger than that of homicides. In 2019, Denver's analysts, or, uh, analysts had to perform a tedious hand search of thousands of aggravated assault, assault cases, flagging those involving firearms to conclude the department had cleared by arrest just one. So... 
again, I I want to know like if if they're going to hang their if they're going to hang their excuse on the witnesses, right? How were the new detectives with more time and energy able to compel those witnesses to talk or to come forward or to go out and you great know? question? Okay, uh, Philip Cook, a professor emeritus at Duke University and one of the country's most foremost economists of crime. You can be an economist of crime. Oh, man, I should have taken that. Said this is typical (laughs) of police departments and bad policy. So everything that we just read, everything we sort of just, you know, complained about uh, is typical of police departments. And also they typically have bad policies. If the justice system aims to incarcerate those with a high likelihood of harming others, there are few people more important to detain than those who have shot and almost killed someone else, particularly given that the victim of an unresolved shooting might be motivated to retaliate with violence on their own. Inconsistent policing, As they have a right to do. Inconsistent policing of gun violence also undermines any role the justice system plays as a deterrent, since evidence shows the certainty of punishment is more important than its severity for discouraging reoffending. In the book he co-authored, Cook uh, hypothesized that allowing shooters to act with impunity likely demoralizes their communities, erodes trust that law enforcement is capable of keeping the peace, and makes it harder for officers to win the cooperation of witnesses. To which I say, derp! Go I'd on like, and buy a gun. Captain Obvious, coming at you. <laughs> right? If you're going to chase someone down who just almost stole your car, you should be armed in that pursuit. So, Just in case. I'm actually concerned about this new concept of crime economics so do we have like modern monetary theorists out there inflating crime statistics and austrians out there going like no these are the real numbers it's a new field of evolutionary capitalism oh god oh god and he's he's, he's on hold too. but uh before we go to him let's go to this other caller uh, unscreened caller what's your name you're live on the radio uh larry hey larry where are you calling from hi I'm calling from Chicago. How are you doing? Hey, we're good. What's on your mind tonight? You're on Free Talk Live. Listen, listen I, I haven't heard anyone talk about the the um, the shooter, okay, in Maine that all, all of a sudden killed himself. And I think, you know, something like that's occurring a lot in the U.S. because of um, they want to they, they put more gun laws to take our guns away, our Second Amendment. Oh, yeah, they came right out and said that immediately after it happened. Look, another AR-15 being used in a mass shooting. We need to make... We need to make assault weapons illegal, and to which I I responded to many politicians online. Okay, great. Show us how it's done. Ban all weapons from government first. Well, yeah, and, and, you know, that's the hypocrisy of that. And I got one more... One more... um, Topic, and I don't think it's talked about a lot, is that do you ever guys have a caller talk about Rome? You know, Rome, you ever heard of all roads lead to Rome? The Roman Empire. When in Rome, apparently men think about it every seven minutes or so, right after sex. Okay, Okay. well, you know, they they haven't changed. You know, they're still trying to conquer the world. and The Roman Empire. Yeah, and it's, look, you know, everyone says it's the Jews. It's not the Jews. Look, it's the Jews. You know, it's Catholic the Catholic, Romans. <laughs> well, well just, just, just hear me out. Just hear me out. All right. Is that they run the hospitals. They run the schools. Um, let's see, what else? They the run Romans. the universities. They run the universities. And, and it's, they're, they're very powerful. 
Um, These are some extraordinary claims. Well, but I mean, it's just nobody is actually pointing the finger to them of all this havoc that's going around the world. And, and, you know, with the with the. um, So are you talking about uh, Italians? (laughs) A very specific sect of Italians, the Romans. I'm talking about it's not has nothing to do with religion. It's oh. just talking about them. And you know who you can you know who you can interview. Uh, go ahead, make it quickly. Uh, if you know who you can interview is Johnny Cerucci on the Odyssey channel. He'd be happy to talk to you. Have him call in. Yeah, have him call in. Thanks for the call, Larry. 603-283-6160. More about this new technique that a city's using to reduce violent gun crimes. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. We'd like to invite you to visit Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Sunday moment, but no. You know who doesn't get enough credit? Super Dave Osborne. Super Dave Osborne? Okay. You've never seen, like, the Super Dave skits? I know a guy named Super Dave. Okay. But, like, it's not him. All right. Never mind. So. Moving on. Okay. Do the normal intro. So, I I actually. Tell me what to do. I wanted to talk about what we were talking about. So, I have a solution. Well, hang on. We have to tell people what the show is. Do we? Yes. They're tuning in. They know. I don't think they do. Do they? What if they're just tuning in? Well, if you're just tuning in, this it's is Free, Free Talk, Talk Live. Live. What's the phone number? 603-283-6160. Who are you? Hi, I'm Richie Rich. Who are you? Peakless Mountaineer. Who am I? The captain. All right. All right, go ahead. Give the phone number again, though. You got to do it twice. That's the rule. 603-283-6160. All right. And don't tell me what to do. <laughs> surely. That's how you, surely. That's how you get. <laughs> that's how you get libertarians to do things, is telling them. What to do? Uh, before no, a, before no, you, you go on them. with your thing, though. Oh, before you go on tease. with your thing, uh, let's go to Screechy. Do we have to? No, but we did. Your boy. Yeah, your you're boy. a boy, all right. Objectively undefeated and the greatest evolutionary capitalist ever. Skeeter six nine. Because <laughs> you're hey, the only I one. I got to... Oh wait, no, you're not. Yeah. So you're not undefeated actually, because Richie Rich is now our favorite. What is it? Evolutionary, Evolutionary capitalist. capitalist. Yes. I don't Branching out tattoo. into the field of criminal he, economics. He identifies as <laughs> such. Need a tattoo. You need a tattoo that says... Uh, Dude, he's not going to bring the little midget with him wherever he goes, okay? This isn't Fantasy Island. <laughs> he's not carrying Hervé Valiches around with him so that he can go, the plane! I mean, which tattoo do you want? I've got, like, you know, okay. several. So I, I, got the, I got five points I can get through them quickly, and you can pick, pick which one. one you want to debate. So Pick one. The one you want to uh, debate. No, but I, there's so many lies I have to dispel. You know? So, for instance, on Thursday, the, like I want to address boy. Jay's lie. Start with that one. I want to. I want to. No, address let's lie skip over that one because Jay's not here. You want to call in and talk about something Jay said? Call okay. in and talk to Jay. I can't. Oh, what's her face doesn't answer my calls. Gee, I, I wonder I why. I can't. I can't call him on that. Okay, <laughs> so number two why. then. Uh, well, anyways, I'll just. I mean, say he has quick. this Executive limitless order, charisma. Executive Order One Hundred and One Zero is a JFK myth. 
he didn't want to introduce silver as money or introduce the U.S. No, he wanted the Federal Reserve notes to come in wow. into existence. That's what e- Executive Order 1010 is. No, he's, so he's he, lying this about one's that. actually fair. Like that is a myth that gets propagated around our uh, around our circles. Thank okay, you. that's the one you get to pick that topic, and Peakless will take it. Yeah, no, no that's no, that's no, absolutely no. fair. Is that uh, JFK? They say he was assassinated because too late, man. You picked it. I mean, this is a Ghostbusters scenario. I, I, I we're we're doing the Stay I, I Puffed agree. Marshmallow Man. I'm sorry. It's happening. This is happening. You can accept it. I, I got now, other things, though. He didn't, he didn't want to take us off of the off of the dollar and institute like a silver-backed dollar or any of the other versions of this that you hear. No, he got assassinated for obvious reasons. Reason number one being promising to dismantle the Central Intelligence Agency. So you're with skeetballs on this one. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. with him on this. Like right. that is that is a myth that gets propagated yeah, around uh, profit too. Uh, around uh, <laughs> Federal Reserve hating uh, groups. And yeah, no, uh, okay. he. Uh, oh, it's also uh, a myth that uh, gets propagated about uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln, which Abraham Lincoln yeah. did the exact yeah. opposite of that. Like Abraham Lincoln and, uh, actually created a fiat currency system before the one that we're on now. How do you kill yeah, a giant and, and stone, silver. Abraham Lincoln? And silver is in money. Let me just put that in. Wait, so, wait, Scooter, Scooter, hang on. Real. Scooter, hang on. How do you kill a giant stone Abraham Lincoln? I don't know. You, I don't know. Okay, with a, so with a giant stone John Wilkes Booth. Ah. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Borders are objectively real and enforced with real walls and force. No, that, you're and changing topics. We can get to this one topic. Yeah. All right. Bye, Scooter. I don't know if that guy. I wonder why, like, other hosts don't want to take his call. It's not good with the females. Except his mom. Yeah. I do want to go back to the main shooting uh, thing, though, and point out that there's a really simple fix for all of the mass shootings. You have to take away the gun-free zones. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Wait, did that every happen in the sing- gun-free zone? Yes. Yes. I was going to say Just like every other mass shooting. And, I mean, maybe not literally, but nearly literally every single mass shooting all of these so-called active shooters yep. they go to gun-free zones so okay you're probably right and yet do we not want to then still leave it up to the private property owner to declare their area gun-free or not well if it was a private property owner that would be one thing it was a bowling alley in a restaurant i mean i don't i don't think it was a state-owned bowling alley or a restaurant mm. Well, a lot of these get done in uh, in government facilities. Right. That's so why I was have asking. A private if... property owner. Well, and and here's one thing to to really change in the culture is that realize that you are taking your life into your own hands yeah. by entering a gun free zone. You might think that it's all fun and games. We're just going to go bowling, but no, yeah. that bowling alley does not allow anyone to effectively defend you. Well, and who was who was the the mall shooter? The the Duggins drill or something I I can never uh, remember his name. Not the Vegas guy, but the, no, no, uh, no. The, the Minneapolis guy. Maybe I don't remember. Are you talking um, about the one where like it was a gun free zone, but and he, he was, was breaking the rules. He was breaking the rules, right. and thus it was like not a huge issue because he just immediately. I think took the we guy should down. take all right. of the gun free zones and turn them into free gun zones. Well, ah, again, there you go. If he, if the private property owner makes a, a declaration that he doesn't want this on the property. Much like you packing at the strip club there, Kevin. Right? You go like, well, right. if they're not going to let me carry in, I'm not going to patronize this business. Right? You have a voluntary uh, a 
ability to like not go to gun-free zones. If you if you want to be safe at the bowling alley, right, then either you break the rule, you don't go, you go to a different bowling alley, or you start your own bowling alley that allows guns, and you can say like this is the safest bowling alley in the state, or whatever, because we allow our patrons to be armed. And our staff is armed, and if you walk in here, you know, brandishing anything, right, you will you will be quickly put down. Hey, uh, let's that's the rule. That's the agreement on the front door as you walk in. Let's there check and let's check and see. Uh, we have an unscreened caller. What's your name, please? Yeah, Brian. Hey, Brian, where are you calling from? Uh, on the road, All right. right. Uh, you're live on the radio on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind tonight? Ah, I must have got the wrong number. I was actually looking for the uh, three girls talking about Israel. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we do have you filters on the, the wrong carrier. number for that. Yeah, definitely the wrong number. Thanks for the call, Brian. Well, we can still talk about Israel. Yeah, yeah let's, 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 let's go to this other unscreened I, I, caller. I think it's worth talking Hang about. Un- just not three unscreened girls. caller, what's your name? John. Hey, John, where are you calling from? You're live on Free Talk Live. Randolph Mutt. All right, what's on your mind tonight? Well, it's the same thing. I'm getting a different show here on the phone than on the radio, which has uh, Bonnie in her two sidekicks. Interesting. She was talking about uh, uh, white phosphorus. Okay. And Vietnam area was called Willie P, and it's a very, very... So it is open phone, so we can talk about it. We just, I don't know what Bonnie was talking about, so you got to fill us in, and then we can share our thoughts and opinions if you'd like to hear them. Oh, she said that uh, Ian has sent her uh, mm-hmm. a show prep about okay. Israel using white phosphorus. I have I have heard that that story as well. Uh, what is your take on it? Is it a war crime? Well, I yes. I remember it was it used to be called Willie P in the Vietnam era. I'm an okay. old fart, you know, and uh, it's a very nasty weapon. Yep. Supposedly banned by some war agreement, international war agreement. Well, Bonnie's going like, uh, well, you know, the hospital let these people go in one day, and it was just a little respiratory illness. So uh, it's either two different things we're talking about. It's not making sense, is it? So how's this, what's happening tonight? Why is this Bonnie on the live terrestrial radio yeah i'm I'm not gonna do tech support but thanks for the call man uh yeah i don't i don't know what's uh the phones are supposed to be playing the uh the current show uh, well he said on terrestrial radio so are we are we certain that our broadcast is going out over the airwaves or are they in fact playing a canned episode uh let's take a look uh we are connected we are broadcasting to gcn uh, it's possible that one of our affiliates is playing uh, backfill. Okay. Right? Because, you know, maybe they don't carry the whole show or something okay. like that, or they only carry certain hours or certain right. nights. Uh, sometimes our affiliates will uh, use uh, our show as, uh, you know, we'll call it evergreen material. Yep. So if they have to, you know, they had a football game that ended early or went late or something, they need to fill an hour or something, they'll play I one of it. our episodes. So Just, you know. I thought coincidental I thought, that it happens back to back. I thought that he was saying that the hold show was different than the live show. He said that, and then right before he cut him off, he said, "Why do I hear Bonnie on terrestrial radio?" Oh well, yeah. 
He also sounded intoxicated, so I'm not sure he exactly knew what he was talking about. But I would I would chalk it up to coincidence if the caller right before hadn't also uh, raised serious claims. Let's see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what what else. We'll just carry transpires. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero is the phone number if you'd like to join us. Uh, I did just quickly look up something about white phosphorus. Uh, apparently, uh, it was used. Uh, in operations in Gaza and Lebanon, put serious uh, risk to civilians long-term, blah, 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 blah. So, yes, that did happen, uh, according to hrw.org, Human Rights something, Human Rights Watch. Strange that Bonnie would claim that it's no big deal because they were, like, released the same day from the hospital, though. That's Yeah, I... Uh, that's I worth a discussion. I didn't get to hear uh, Bonnie's show when she talked about this, Me so, neither. again, I have no idea what Bonnie said about it. Um, and I don't want to dwell on it. If you want to talk to Bonnie about it, call on a night when she's hosting. If she'll answer your call. Well, if your name's not Skeeter, <laughs> you're likely to get on. If you're not her boy. If you're not her boy. The, the evolutionary capitalist. <laughs> I'm offended by that. As the foremost evolutionary capitalist on the planet. What, why not the five most or six most? Why is it the foremost? Because there's only like two of us right now. We're trying to. Building even so are we first. the three most i mean if you want to join me in the in the evolutionary capitalism which you're more than welcome i'm, I'm starting to channel nobody at this point because you see there you needs have to be a cryptocurrency arms. to solve this you have four arms and four arms is an odd number of arms to have but four is an even number therefore you have an infinite number of arms and that's why alexander the great was whatever. had an infinite number of arms there you go all right so go ahead, go the ahead. only number that's odd and even is infinity uh, we have a lot to cover. So Not even a number. I think it's we've concept. I think we've talked enough about this Denver thing. There's more to it, and it's just as depressing as you think it is. Where you know they're finally like, "Hey, if we just uh, put a bunch of time and effort into solving these crimes, we can actually do it." In a world so when you, where when the police you, actually did their job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you actually solve these crimes, you have less of these crimes. Wacky. Yeah, it's. Uh, uh, we'll post this article from themarshallproject.org to all of our. They've only got like a year's websites. worth of data, though. So you know. Uh, so anyway, I want to move on because we have a lot to cover tonight. Uh, this okay. from all right. This from the AP. L.A. Los Angeles, not Louisiana. L.A. Police Department says YouTube account suspended after posting footage of a violent attack. <laughs> okay. YouTube is finicky like that. So what is their what is their gripe? Uh, the LAPD said Saturday its YouTube account was suspended by the company after the department posted video of a violent assault in an attempt to get the public's help, and that its appeal for reinstatement was denied. Good. Move to library. Oh wait, you can't because you guys shut it down. The, the department's Move announcement was posted on social no, media site Twitter. Hmm? It was the, their announcement. Because, you know, they were shut down on YouTube. They had to Fine, post. we're going to Twitter. Yeah, they had to post it on Twitter. Twitter will take anybody right now. Twitter like, will let us put violent like, content like think up of, there. Think of the amount of people who were trying to do exactly what this police department was trying to do. Like, I'm going to post this footage because I need some help, right? Uh, here's a porch pirate, right? Here's a, you know, oh, guy got into a fight in the parking lot and, you know, just happened to get it on my phone. But it's a violent attack, so, like, YouTube takes down your channel. Hey, man, when you're I'm part of the Live Leak you know? generation, so don't even come at me with that. The what Live generation? Leak? The Live Leak? Live Leak? Oh, yeah. 
you, you're too old. You're too young. I'm getting a thumbs up from the producer, man. Are you sure that's a thumb? I don't know. <laughs> Felt like a thumb. All right. All right. <laughs> Uh, LAPD officer Drake Madison said Saturday he did not have details on when the department was notified of the suspension from YouTube or when its appeal was denied. YouTube, which is owned by Google, did not immediately respond to an emailed request for comment on Saturday. The YouTube channel for LAPD headquarters has been suspended after we posted a video of a brutal attack in Pacific Division asking for the public's help in identifying the suspects. Man, that is bizarre. The government being treated like human beings. Yeah. If only the government could treat humans like human beings. Because Mm. the corporations really run things, and they went head-to-head with Google. Mm. We have appealed the suspension and have been denied, the department said. The violent offender was probably a CIA asset that had to be protected. (laughs) Yeah. The department sought the public's help uh, in an October 26 news release describing a brutal assault in which two suspects punched a victim and struck the victim in the head with bolt cutters. That does sound brutal. Detectives wanted help identifying the two suspects. The accompanying video on the news release was removed for violating YouTube's terms of service, according to a note on the video. The department said it will continue communicating critical information to the public on its website. Video of the assault remains posted. On Twitter. Wow, it's almost like if you throttle free speech, we can't freely communicate with each other. Weird, huh? Yeah. YouTube is not a free speech platform, man. No, it's not. It never has been. Nor is Twitter. Twitter Twitter at least purported to be in the beginning and realized that that concept- It claims it wants to be, but it isn't. You're you're correct. It is not. And I I will step out on the limb and say, nor should any platform be. It just, it's a failed model. Being a free f- speech platform? Yes. Mm, works for library. Okay. But library has like no headway and already got shut down by the SEC yep. or whomever. Yeah, in fact. Right. And now it is immortal. Okay. Well, library and Odyssey You struck both... it down and now it has become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Has it? Well, they both still exist. Yeah. So as, and I don't know, they're technically not even DAOs and perhaps they will become DAOs, but okay. I think it's going to depend on- uh, voluntarists coming together and uh, developing upon it uh, in order for that to happen because the the people officially, uh, Odyssey Inc., right, uh, Library Inc., the people involved in building that uh, have sort of washed their hands of it uh, as per the government's sure. order. Mm-hmm. But it was it was always a niche market. Yes, and you're not gonna you're not gonna expand that to the masses. Yeah. So, but also, like the government couldn't actually take it down either, I, I'm because not, of its decentralized nature. I don't care about it being taken down. I'm I'm speaking primarily on popularity and use. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You you can offer a free speech platform, and then it will get overrun by the worst speech available, and the people who value high quality speech will move away from it, and all you'll have left on your free speech platform is the lowest possible speech that people are willing to speak. Not currently what's happening on library. Because it's still niche, man. It's not going to grow. Okay. So so a niche platform can offer free speech and be effective at it. And that's what Twitter did in the beginning, and then they expanded and realized that the model doesn't work. It doesn't. It, it's not a growth model. Mm. All right. Well, let's move on then. Uh, this from BitcoinMagazine.com. 
Cease and desist. The Federal Reserve threatens to sue Bitcoin Magazine. Dun, dun, dun. What would, wow. they, what would they possibly sue Bitcoin Magazine for? Mm, Bitcoin? The U.S. Federal Reserve is threatening to sue Bitcoin Magazine, alleging apparel that parodies its FedNow system oh, man. is not protected speech, but copyright infringement. Uh, this is a classic fair use case, in my opinion. Uh, basically, they've made T-shirts that say cease and desist FedNow uh, on, on these shirts. The U.S. Federal Reserve is taking legal action against Bitcoin Magazine in an attempt to silence criticism of its recently launched FedNow Interbank Clearing and Settlement Services. You know way more about this than I do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the FedNow system is basically the uh, the backbone for a central bank digital currency. It's not what we think of as a CBDC because it's not uh, what they call a retail. So it's not there for people. It's there for banks. But it's... it. If they make a central bank digital currency, it is likely to be built on top of FedNow. Right, right. So the banks can communicate with the banks when right. pe- when people need to do transactions. Right. right. How does Ripple fit into all of this? That's right. the, so that's the other option. So if they don't want to build a CBDC on top of the FedNow system, they can use Ripple's uh, uh, investigation of possibilities and build it there. Okay. Or, I feel like Ripple got there first, and then no one understood it except for like the upper echelon yeah. of the elite brainiacs, yeah. right? nerds. Right. Yeah. Well, there's also the issue that mm, if you didn't pay off the right people, they're not going to use your system. So Ripple went ahead and like investigated all these possibilities for how to build a central bank digital currency on a system like theirs that is very likely to never get put on their system. Okay. In a letter sent to the publication by the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago, the Central Bank of the United States is claiming that Bitcoin magazine merchandise that parodies its services are not protected speech, but rather an unauthorized infringement of its image and trademarks. I, uh, this is impossible to be an infringement of its image and trademarks, because in order to be an infringement, you have to prove a business monetary loss that that this copy or whatever it is that they're claiming, right, uh, is causing you to lose revenue. Totally, oh, wow. totally impossible to do because the government is not a business. Well, so the Federal Reserve isn't actually government. Oh, that's true. Right. So what's wacky, though, is their own accounting might actually be biting them on this. So because they're the Federal Reserve, they're the one system that's allowed to do this. So when they have a loss, they get to mark it up as a gain because they were going to give that money to the Treasury. Mm -hmm. And since it's a deferred loss now, it's a negative liability. So it's an asset. How many of these T-shirts have been sold? (laughs) That's a good (laughs) question. Um, the, You're responsible for the trillion dollar hole in our books. <laughs> the dispute centers around the use of the FedNow service image and trademark and line of merchandise sold by Bitcoin Magazine that seeks to criticize the surveillance capabilities of the FedNow system and how it threatens American civil liberties. The Federal Reserve alleges that Bitcoin Magazine used the trademark without permission to mislead readers into believing a connection exists 
between the publication and the central bank. This is the most hilarious yeah. thing I've ever read. That's a hard sell. Yeah. Yeah, we all mistook Bitcoin Magazine for being part of the Federal Reserve. Now, I will say That's this. That's what happened. They should, if, if they used the logo like intact, they should have altered it ever so slightly to make it look like a parody. Well, I think they did. Okay, well then it's not. But even I haven't. But I haven't seen them side by okay. side, right? right. Uh, they they make a. They have I didn't a picture know the Fed of one. Now system had a logo. Neither yeah. Did I. Do you know the old CBS I logo? Mm. That's yeah. what the the O in now okay. Fed now looks oh, like. But it's right. it's got a red dot. But the circle, like the the outside of the O is a circle, but the inside of the O is an oval with a red yeah. dot. Right. Like the red eye is watching you, like Hal from, right. uh, you know, what's that movie? The uh, space, Odyssey. Space, Odyssey. space Odyssey. Yeah. Thank you. But like, I, I mean, I remember like you know the Enjoy Capitalism shirt that looked like Coca Cola, right? Like Coca Cola didn't get all like, oh, you guys are using our trademark or like, right. trade dress or whatever. Yeah. You know, it was clearly a parody of not trying to monetize yeah. the actual and, brand. And if anything, that would just make someone thirsty for Coca Cola, and they would increase sales. Maybe that's why I try not to buy branded gear. I'm not paying money to free advertise your logo. Right. Yeah. Good call. In response to the allegations, Bitcoin Magazine has penned an open letter to the Federal Reserve Financial Services Deputy General Counsel Thaddeus Murphy. Ooh. Dear Thaddeus, this is the letter apparently. Dear Thaddeus Murphy, on behalf of the entire team at Bitcoin Magazine, I wanted to take the time to thank you for your thoughtful inquiry after having browsed our online store. We'll tell you more about what this letter said to Thaddeus Murphy, the Federal Reserve Financial Services Deputy General Counsel. Got more titles than I do. Coming up, 603-283-6160, our number two, three. What hour are we in? Three? Thanks, Richie Rich. We're going into hour three. Hour three is next. It's Free Talk Live. Seventh hour of the Saturday night edition of Three Talk Live. <laughs> it's like we're doing a, a telethon. Like yeah. Captain yes. said, there would be no math, and so we're just screwing it all up. <laughs> I did say it. I really did. This is what happens when you promise there will be no math. Hour <laughs> number three is underway here at Free Talk Live. Bitcoin is back by thirty-seven hours in a twenty-four day period. <laughs> I, I, I've read a, a meme that's popped up recently on the social media. That's. Uh, it's something like a year should be 13 months. And if it, it should, were, yeah. then every month would have 28 days, and the yeah. first of the month would always be this, I'm or for the last that. of the month I've would been, always yeah. be that. I've been yeah. pitching and that like, for like There'd be like no years. leap year. And it, I mean, is that true? Like, I just read yes. the meme, and I I laughed at it, but I don't even know if, like, no, it's, it's, does the it's, math add it's, up? It's a yeah. lunar it's, calendar. It's literally why we have the word month. Moon. 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 Month. Yes. It's a like crim de month. Yeah. The first month of the year. Yeah, that's that's where we get the word month is moon, so, and that's why they're yeah, so that's how, did, how many they're supposed to be. So and September is like means seven, and yet it's the ninth right. Month. S- and octo oh. is the prefix for eight, and yet right? it's the tenth month. Yeah, 
You guys remember and November and December, which of course means the eleventh month. Right. Same with December. They screwed right? it up at the end there. Right. Deca yeah. by Deca, I mean twelve. <laughs> you guys remember the movie uh, The Purge? Oh yeah, absolutely. Right? We're like, oh, it's legal to like kill, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, and then there's all these like different like things that months champion for. Right. Oh, it's Breast Awareness Month, or yeah. it's No Shave November, or whatever. Right, that kind of thing. No uh, Shave November. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what they're calling it. Well, that's one of them. <laughs> that's one of them. That's one of the many names or things that are championed in certain months. Uh, I've always maybe nonstop shave November. And, and like, yes, I realize that this violates the uh, the non-aggression principle, but I've always envisioned slap timber. Okay. Right. Slap so if, like, yeah, like you just if somebody. If you happen upon somebody and you're like, that guy needs to be slapped, you can just go ahead and do it without repercussion. So it's like a micro purge. The Slug Bug World Championship. It's something along those lines. It's yes. a purge planet, Marty. Yes. Because sometimes people put themselves in positions where you're like, man, that guy needs to be slapped. There was a dude with a really good subwoofer driving through the neighborhood playing the purge siren, and that's cool. <sighs> <laughs> I, I hate to tell you how politically unviable your plan is. I, oh, totally. Because I would be traveling to Washington t- every single year, just hunting getting, them down. That ready, one needs a slap. Getting ready no, for the big slap. Timber trip. They wrote themselves out of the law. They'll write themselves out of this one too. Yeah, that's true. That was part. That was part of the original purge. Like government agents and politicians, not viable targets. But they wrote themselves but. out of the masking mandates. Yeah. So we covered that Did here. They? Yeah, totally. Wow. Yeah, they're like, this applies everybody. Oh, except for us. You know? I mean, I don't know if it was all of government, but uh, many states had put a clause in there that was like, except for us. And then right. they sent out the warnings for Halloween not to send your children in masks because it disrupts the learning environment. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so dumb. Unironically. Government is dumb. Yeah. I got to make a shirt that says that government is dumb and just start churning those out. Selling those to whoever yeah. buy them. So here's this disease that, fascinatingly enough, doesn't attack children, which is bizarre for a disease. Mm-hmm. And our response to that is to make sure that children don't have faces, because that's going to help them learn and adjust to human behavior. Yeah. At any rate, we've been talking about uh, this article from Bitcoin Magazine, where uh, the Federal Reserve has threatened to sue Bitcoin Magazine for uh, alleging that apparel that parodies its FedNow system is not protected speech but copyright infringement. And so, uh, of course, they've made these allegations, and Bitcoin Magazine penned an open letter to the Federal Reserve Financial Services Deputy General Counsel, Thaddeus Murphy. Dearest clowns. If you will. (laughs) Dear Thaddeus Murphy. On behalf of the entire team at Bitcoin Magazine, I wanted to take the time to thank you for your thoughtful inquiry after having browsed our online store. Doing your Christmas shopping early, you'll love to see it. Let us know if we can send a box of merchandise to any of the 12 Federal Reserve Banks. You might enjoy our content from the latest print, Bitcoin Magazine, which discusses the damages your policies have done to our economy and our country. Please don't hesitate to reach out with a list of coveted items, and we will be sure to send them. We want to do our part to, quote, stimulate, unquote, the economy. On to business. We would like to inform you that while we received your cease and desist request, we refuse to comply. We will not be intimidated by your efforts to silence criticism. As you may know, our publication and readership are deeply troubled by the new FedNow interbanking communication system. 
We believe not only that it is possibly unconstitutional, but that it threatens the very freedoms that all liberty-loving American citizens should hold dear. With that in mind, we believe it is well within our First Amendment rights to exercise speech on the issue, and to that end, we will be defending our right to sell merchandise that makes buyers aware, through fair use imagery, our position that this system is a threat to civil liberties. I would like to make a few direct comments on quotes present in your letter in order to best articulate what I'm sure is to be considered a disappointing response. You mean you can just not comply? (laughs) Go figure. Whoa! You've obviously listened to the end of uh, one of my songs (laughs) called It's Time. You can find it at CaptainKickass.com. Uh, so here is, uh, a quote and then they will comment on it. The quote is the federal reserve has extensively used and promoted the fed now mark and has built up substantial goodwill in this invaluable <laughs> asset. Substantial goodwill. My ass. How long have they been promoting this thing? It's only been a couple of months, I, right? I, I, I only heard substantial goodwill. I only heard about it through this article. I mean, <laughs> no, we it, talked about. Fed I'll admit now. a little no, bit but, of but the logo. Uh, oh, okay. Right, the, their their trademark, if okay. you will. Right. I'll admit a little bit of like uh, echo chamber here, but literally everyone I know who knows that FedNow exists is against it. Like I don't even know what the arguments in favor of it are. And you want to tell me that there is substantial goodwill about a thing that people don't know exists right. or, or how it works. I'll, I'll, I will I will breach the topic briefly then and say uh, quicker clearings is the, the best positive for consumers. People don't know what clearings are. They do. Well, they don't know what they are, but they know the effect. Right. Like, why do don't I have access to my money immediately if I deposited my check? Right. And this solves that. Hmm. So at any rate, uh, the quote is, the full quote, the Federal Reserve has extensively used and promoted the FedNow mark and has built up substantial goodwill in this invaluable asset. Financial institutions and consumers associate the FedNow mark with the Federal Reserve and its services. No, I don't think they do. Again, people don't know this thing exists. So, so this The people is, that do know right. this thing exists are almost exclusively against it. So this is a, a quote from, from their cease and desist letter. Now, this is Bitcoin Magazine's response. That's an interesting point. For starters, what goodwill has the Federal Reserve built up? (laughs) Have you seen the state of the working class today? Perhaps you've already forgotten how Fed policy directly led to mismanaged bond portfolios in regional banks across the country, such as Silicon Valley Bank, Signature, Silvergate, or First Republic. Perhaps you've already forgotten about the historic inflation rates seen throughout the U.S. since government-imposed lockdowns all but forced the Treasury's hand to stimulate the economy to the tune of trillions of dollars. There is no goodwill, Mr. Murphy, and it's certainly not substantial goodwill either. And a Bitcoin magazine wouldn't want to be using that bad will to sell products or be associated with it. Right. Uh, Here's another quote. The Federal Reserve recently learned that Bitcoin Magazine is selling T-shirts, hats, and other wearables bearing the FedNow name, as shown in the screenshot below. Bitcoin Magazine's use of the FedNow mark in this manner is likely to cause confusion, mistakes, or deception. Consumers are likely to believe that the gear is associated with, affiliated with, or endorsed by the Federal Reserve when no such association or relationship exists. Fed so, now condoms. That's, Be that's, safe when getting screwed by the Federal Reserve. Yeah, there's awfully, <laughs> awfully short condoms, though. It just says Fed now on them. All right. <laughs> so that was their statement. 
Asian uh, small. Here's uh, Bitcoin Magazine's response. Well, this, remember, that's the quantity that they're easing. <laughs> this is false. Bitcoin Magazine is exercising its First Amendment rights to social commentary and parody. I'm sure you'll notice the all-seeing eye that symbolizes the state of total financial surveillance that your agency is seeking to impose on the American financial system. We do not believe that anyone that is familiar with our editorial guidelines and general stance on the world would ever associate Bitcoin Magazine with the Federal Reserve. There you go. We agree with your assertion that no such association or relationship exists. We have no interest in causing confusion, mistakes, or deception. That sounds more like a job for those responsible for telling the market they wouldn't raise rates after a massive monetary expansion and then went on to raise them faster than at any time in U.S. financial history. They'd probably sue the Babylon Bee for using the logo in one of their parody articles, too. You're confusing us, the the consumer, and thinking that this is really what's going on. We look forward to defending our First Amendment rights and the opportunity to make clear to all Americans the difference between the open, free, and decentralized financial system that is Bitcoin and the centralized FedNow system that threatens our nation's founding values. Best, Mark Goodwin, Editor-in-Chief, Bitcoin Magazine. Good for him. So, And they have a full PDF copy of the letter that they've contained here as well. Your move, FedNow. You think uh, they'll back down or they'll pursue it? I'm looking to be entertained either way. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I expect if they pers- they'll follow if they, up. If they pursue it, though, then Bitcoin is going to have to raise capital to defend it. Bitcoin makes no, I think cap. that'll be yeah. really easy to do. Okay. I mean, the people that they have access to will be happy to support a a lawsuit against the Federal Reserve, even if it's not the way that they would like it to be. Posed. I get it, but that's still capital diverted from more productive uh, uses mm. that are then going to have to go towards defending a lawsuit against the federal. Is government. it? I mean, this is an obvious uh, fair use free speech issue. I get it. Right. So in my experience with parody, which is what this is, um, parody cannot be something that you uh, lead with. It can only be used in defense of a thing. I'm not suggesting that the Bitcoin magazine is going to lose. Right. What I'm saying is the capital that they're going to spend on lawyers in defense of this lawsuit, should it be pursued, oh. could have been used better elsewhere. True. Although there's no such thing as bad publicity. This will okay. definitely be a publicity generating event. Okay. Uh, should this suit go forward. And so if I'm Bitcoin magazine, I just reallocate some marketing budget to the lawyers. All right. Uh, and you know, go from there. I'll accept that because to me, that's marketing, right? Okay. That's, right. You know, you're getting your brand exactly. out there, right? You're getting people protesting at the courthouses, and uh, because they are media, right? That's going to go out. They're going to release press releases about what's going on. The whole nine yards, right. right? So, if you're calling it marketing, I'll accept it. I'm just saying that it could be uh, reconfigured okay. to use marketing budget for paying the lawyers, so that they're not really out more than whatever they had budgeted okay. for the year or two or whatever. But that's not to say that the the state can't drain them. They certainly can. The state well, has the ability. That's what the state does right. to lots of people. Right. The state has the ability to do so. So we'll see how it goes. But um, You I'm, can take the plea or you can pay money for lawyers. I'm very interested to see what happens. Let's go to, uh, we've got Major Payne on the line. Major, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey, hey. I got... Uh, 
Well, you know how these government agencies got to spend all their money or their budget won't get renewed? Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? All right. Well, not that I have anything against women, infant, and children, but the WIC program is uh, evidently doesn't have enough respondents to drain its tank of cash. So there's a big fret about, oh, no, we might get canceled. So what and you're saying is we got to go make more single moms. Infants and children, but that just tickled my Elmo when any damn government thing gets canceled. It tickled your Elba? Elmo. Tickled my Elmo. That's what he calls it. <laughs> remember the old, you remember the old Tickle Me Elmo dolls? Yeah, yeah I, I don't really want to, but sure. <laughs> I had yeah. one. Well, whatever. It's just it's something I made up a long time ago. It just kind of stuck in my head. It's definitely stuck somewhere. Anyway, the uh, the main shooter and all the rest of these mass nut shooters, for that matter. Mm-hmm. You remember uh, the the oxy crisis, of course, and how they finally had so much dirt they couldn't hide it anymore that there was an opioid epidemic. Okay. So they went after what two, three drug companies and shut a couple of them down, pretty much. Yeah. Well, the problem I got with all this reporting and hoorah is. They don't tell anybody anything about what kind of uh, medication that these shooters are on. Because I think most of them are spun out by the big chemical, the big pharma. Oh, yeah. the, the main guy was known to the FBI, had already made threats on his army base, was reported, you know, by one of his army buddies or whatever for, you know, that he needed a psych evaluation. And then went, then surprisingly went crazy. Huh, weird. Oh, yeah, he actually, the guy actually called the cops and told them, too. And uh, they went out and tried to make contact with him, like, twice, but were unable to, as they say. But you know what? If they really got a hard-on for you and they want you, they'll sit outside your house at 530 in the morning until a light bulb clicks on, and they know somebody's in there. Oh, yeah. That gives them a right kick in the frickin' door. Well, he was a survival expert as well, though, so he could have easily been in the woods doing survival training or survival doing. Well, the fact that he ended up dead with a bullet hole, you know, in in the middle of the woods uh, pretty much speaks for itself. I think they spent three days looking for him. Yeah, I don't don't think they they found him in the woods. They found him at work. No, they found him in the woods by work. Oh, okay. There was a boat ramp in the river. And the woodlock kind of connected the two. So he knew the land well because, you know, like you said, yeah. he was a woodsman. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he went out there and, you know, instead of trying to make camp and just escape him, he uh, capped himself. Allegedly. Evidently, he had yeah, new allegedly. hardware, which uh, makes you hear things. That, I mean, they can put stuff in those pipes that, you can't control or deny and sometimes even hear like some certain high pitched noises that just drive you bonkers and whatnot. Yep. Yep. And uh, he he said he was hearing voices. That was part of the story. It never gets done. But I wanna cause he was in the army and he had a previous history of psychotic <sighs> problems. So you know damn well they had him on some medication. And I'm sick and tired of being just sitting here thinking Oh, well, he must have just been a crazy man. And that's the bone they want us to swallow. And it's horse hockey. It is horse hockey. 
Yeah, is this going to be one of those, oh, this one also was on selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Huh. I mean, haven't they all been? All of these uh, supposed active slash mass Alex shooters? Jones has been predicting yeah. this for years. Active shooters, uh, suicides, they've all yeah. been uh, on SSRIs. Right. Yeah. Or uh, some sort of mental health medication. Right. Uh, they've had histories of violence. They've, uh, to my knowledge, perhaps all of them had already been on law enforcement's radar. And yet. He was on our radar. Ah! Say the line, right? Yeah. It's the AR-15s, though, because all of them use that, too. Yeah, never mind that being simply the most common rifle. That couldn't have anything to do with it. Most common drugs, most common radar, most common rifle. They know these people. SSRIs are not the most common drug. Hang on, hang on. Their their institution is kind of new. Hang on. Go ahead, Major. I'm sorry. I said instead of the CIA or the FBI getting found liable for, uh, you know, using these guys as pawns and doping them all up and buying them guns even, if it does come to the head, the the OxyContin thing did, they'll just go after the pharma companies again. They'll accept no damn liability. Yeah, they never do. Yeah, good point. No. Must be not nice to live on top of Mount Sinai, right? <laughs> Mount Cedar Sinai. Uh, ooh, isn't that a hospital? <laughs> All right. Yeah. So you can get those drugs at that hospital. Ooh, drugs. What else did you want to say, Major? Um. Well, I had a thought, but you guys jumped in and it jumped up my ear. All right. Well, hey, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate you. 603-283-6160 if you want to join us tonight. Um. Yeah, all can, these. Can, can you blame the pharmaceutical companies, though? Yes. How so? Because they know that these products are killing people, and they advertise okay. them as this as if they were not. Is that your only complaint? Because fraud that leads to death. Yes, that's my complaint. Well, because you go to the bar, right? There's a whole bunch of alcohol makers. Who make alcohol, yep. right? And then they try to pin it on the bartender, yeah, and, and they don't. And they don't tell me that it's not alcohol. Okay, right. That's the problem. They are masquerading as something that is safe when it is not. Okay, like I, yeah, I drink alcohol, and I know that alcohol has these risk factors. And if that alcohol was labeled water, it'd be kind of an issue. Yeah, but as far like he brought up oxys, yeah. right? That's that's my favorite painkiller. I'm not addicted. I don't take it often. But when I am in pain, like, it works. Mm-hmm. It works better than THC. It works better than CBD. I don't smoke cannabis. Or what about other uh, narcotics? Dilaudid or um, I'm trying to think of some of the other painkillers. They're so, escaping my mind right now. When I got into my accident, right, they, they gave me, like, oxys to take. Yep. And then I went back for uh, my checkup, mm-hmm. and they gave me Vicodin. Okay. And my mom... Yep through a fit at the doctor's office. He's like, why are you giving him the weak stuff? <laughs> and the doctor's like, ma'am, I assure you, Vicodin is, is strong. Like this, this <laughs> I is, assure you. I sh- like, in the state that I did my residency, we're not even allowed to give out oxys. Yeah. Like, Vicodin's the strongest thing we can give you. And she was like, and she just shook her head, like, no, 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 this is, it's weak. And so I personally put it to the test. And I went, okay, okay I'm in pain. Right, and like broken leg, right? I, I'm in pain. I got stuff to do. I just want relief. Yeah. And I took a Vicodin. 
And like two hours later, I was still in pain. I wasn't sleeping. Yeah. So I took one of my old oxys. Yep. And these they were not even strong. They're like five milligrams. It's like the weakest oxy you can get. Yeah. Right. Twenty minutes, half an hour later, uh, felt some relief. I am relieved. Nice. And so you know, I I accept the risk factors. Yeah. But I know it works. Yeah, so I don't. If, I don't blame them for making an effective product. I blame them for uh, the fraud that they commit. I blame them for suppressing all of their competition. But there was no. That fraud. is the really most important thing that I blame them for. For me, there was no fraud. They were like, "This will take your pain away," and it did. Sure. Yeah. No. Better the, than anything else on the market. What happened was the the textbook overreaction. So yeah, they overprescribed uh, heroin like drugs. And then that caused a big issue. So then they suddenly stopped prescribing anything that was even close to that. And that is going to cause a different set of problems. Because it doesn't work as good. 603-283-6160. Still to come tonight, why daylight savings time is stupid. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. Sixty-six days a year. Mm-hmm. Eight days a week. <laughs> Did you guys hear that uh, the Beatles released a new song? Yeah, it's it's supposedly semi-powered by AI. Mm. Like mm. they they took some some liberties with some previously recorded tracks and some sounds of like well John Lennon who's dead right, uh, and to like you know finish like his vocal his portion of the vocals or whatever i listen to the song it's nothing to write home about like if you're a big beatles fan you should go listen to it but if you're not it's really not worth you listening to um it's a a mediocre song at best it's kind of slow and a little depressing really to tell you the truth uh, for a Beatles song, it's not up tempo. It's not upbeat. You know, it's a, it doesn't have that kind of vibe to it. And if we didn't have intellectual property laws, we'd have Beatles albums coming out every other week. <laughs> As an aside, I don't know if this should go out on the air, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's not bad. But last week we we talked about like sending letters to like Ian and Aria. We did, yeah. And I was like, man, if I could get like an AI prompt to give Ian fake sports news, <laughs> right? Because he like loathes sports. <laughs> Right, but that would be like not only sports news, but fake sports news under the guise that it's from you. So that later, when but he... written by AI, so like the local libertarians take on the San Juan status, and you know, has anyone told you what a wonderful person you are? Never. So I that don't wonder. So that in the end, when he does finally get out of prison. Uh, like he'll be all knowledgeable about these fictitious sports Maybe. that nobody else knows about. If he even reads it, right? But right. I mean, if you like, if you're going through the newspaper, the sports section's there. So he's going to get all these letters oh, about man. other things. Yeah, and... He's going to get in fights in jail. Be like, no, I heard it was this. And they'll be like, bam! <laughs> no, because the other, the other people won't have any let's, idea what he's talking about. Let's the San Juan status. What is this? These seem like bad ideas. I didn't say it was a good idea. I just said it was an idea and I thought it'd be funny. And you guys are chuckling at it. So I'm on the right track somewhere. <laughs> yes, it's the idea I'm laughing at, not you. Okay. <laughs> I'll take it. Before we go on, uh, this hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. 
Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction. And its features ensure Dash is undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a tech standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible, and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their chain locks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and easy to use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. And big thanks to the Dash DAO, Decentralized Autonomous Organization, for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn more about Dash. That's Dash.org. All right. I like to call this thing uh, not daylight savings time, but government savings time. Okay. Uh, my, uh, and like, I don't know where I learned this from, and so you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. My understanding was uh, sort of the same way the uh, the kids get out of school, uh, you know, for harvest, right? yep. that kind of a thing, uh, the summertime to go work in the fields. Uh, and that's how the school year became, because they wanted to make sure the kids could you know, have time to go help out on the farm or whatever. My understanding with government savings time is similar to that, uh, but it came about in World War Two, mm. World War One. So that's that's the the myth, but none of that is true. Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, daylight savings time was because the president at the time wanted to schedule meetings so that he would still have time in the early evenings while it was light out to add to his bug collection. Which is foolishness because he's the president. You could just schedule the meetings an hour earlier. That's well, but this way, everything would be already scheduled to the way he wanted it scheduled. Okay. And because he is God Emperor of the planet, he decided that the time will be different because he said so. Yeah. Still dumb. Because bug collection. This I get it. from Eugipius.com. I don't know what a Eugipius is, and it's spelled all sorts of weird, too. So, But why daylight savings time is stupid stupid <laughs> like i've agreed with this since i first found out about daylight savings time yep. i'm like this is stupid why do we even do this there's no reason it was so much easier living in hawaii where i didn't have to worry about the clocks i was going to ask you about that too because uh, i saw somebody post on online They're like yeah we in hawaii yeah screw that yep uh, we don't worry about it and isn't there a place uh is it uh one of the is it mountain time but when it, like Arizona, Arizona or something. Yeah, yeah, somewhere. And then India, somewhere in Indianapolis, I think only part of the state does it. Indiana? I think so, yeah. yeah. Interesting. The twice annual clock fiddling ritual is a pointless pain in the hmm and it should be abolished everywhere. I guess I could, probably could have said ass, but, you know, whatever. Well, you said it now. Well, what Mr. was your Kick name ass? again? Captain right? Kickman. <laughs> I see. <laughs> That's right. Uh, not to be confused with the fictitious uh, day of the lunar calendar that has yet to exist. Mm. Hmm. Mm day. Hmm. <laughs> day. Uh, on October 29th, uh, the superstitious ritual known as Daylight Savings Time ended in Europe. And for my American readers, it will end this coming Sunday on the 5th of November. Really? And I, I, don't, I don't know how valid this is for the American ones either, um, Peakless. They, the Americans didn't go back to the old time because the candy cartels wanting kids to have more light when they're trick-or-treating on Halloween. So now it's like always the Sunday after Halloween. Mm, 
Remember, remember so is that, the fifth of November. Because I remember also when uh, uh, George W. Bush changed the day. Was that why he didn't change it because of it? But like that, there was a sunset on that, right? So it's like it happened later in the fall and earlier in the spring, and then the spring moved back to what it used to be before, and they didn't move the fall. So we're like, that's why we're an, a week behind Europe. So I've got uh, everything automated except for the clock on my stove. Right. You got to get a smart stove. So no, I don't. Um, I like my dumb stove. Okay, it does what I want it to when I tell it to, and it doesn't talk back to me. Smart stove does all that and changes the no, clock. No, it on talks time. back at you. At Maybe rate, I like the clock being different, just to remind me of this particular idiocy. So, Every time I see the clock and go, wait, is it really? No. So, so does it happen? Things are just stupid because people keep listening to government. Does the government savings time happen at like midnight tonight? Two or, in the or two in the morning? Two like, in the, at yeah. two in the morning, it will it, cease being in two in the morning. a handful of hours from now. At two in the morning, okay. yes. it will then be one That's in the morning right. again. So it happens right. between Saturday and Sunday, not between Sunday and Monday. Right. Right. Okay. I mean, tech, it happens on Sunday at two in the morning. Right. I just yeah. remember, like, uh, as Which, a, while we're on the subject, it is retarded to start a day in the middle of the night. Just saying. Midnight but it's, is actually the beginning of the day. What kind of sense does that make? Yeah. We're fixing um, every, all the time-related issues here on Free Talk Live. As, so, as a former we'll uh, manager... Fix the clocks and the calendars. As a former manager of people, uh, it is quite common for someone to show up an hour late or an hour early to their job, depending on which of these... Uh, yes. idiotic things we're doing with the clocks that was that was more common before automation right however it still happens right mm. like even after smartphones and you know computers that update automatically and all that kind of stuff still happened and so uh, that's like, why like you know i've long forgot you know, whatever day it was my and, alarm you know. goes off on sunday mornings the same time it does throughout the day throughout the rest of the week yeah right so tomorrow morning i will likely be awake before my alarm Simply because, like, that's when my body naturally wants to wake up, right? And my alarm has not gone off yet, right? The right. Al- Consequently, in the spring, right, I'll wake up when my alarm goes off, going, "Why the heck am I so tired this morning? Uh-huh. Like, did I not sleep?" And then I'll go, "Oh, yeah, yeah, this was the day." Yeah. So, to my mind, this is real proof of exactly how the government works. Now, ordinary people want this to stop. I do. No one. No one wants this to continue. Like, there's no special interest group out there fighting for the existence of daylight savings <laughs> Maybe time. We should start the candy one. cartel. Maybe we should start save daylight savings time. Right. It just it doesn't exist. How ridiculous it is. Right. So when people tell you, well, you can petition your government for changes. No, you can't. No, you can't. And this is the proof. Everyone wants this to change. No one wants this to stay the same. And yet it does not change. That is how government works. Another part of the problem is people that want it to change don't want it to go back to the natural time. They want it to revert to like daylight time where they get the extra hour. I mean, like, I don't care. Pick one. Right. Like humanity. That is the most universal sentiment. Pick one. Got it. Now, there have been studies as to, oh, well, if we do it this way, then it will do this. And if we do this way, it'll do this. And there is actually a, a correct choice, but it doesn't matter. In a couple of months, it's going to be dark here in, in New England and New Hampshire, like 3.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. And that's the time it's supposed to happen. Like, we're now entering the normal oh, cycle. Oh, that's, that's normal time this for the normal. winter, right? Yeah. Right. Right. The, the daylight is, is generally shorter in the winter. Right. And so you have less. Okay. But they want to revert to, like, summertime so that the, the, this change wouldn't occur. Right. Right. And then it would be later in the afternoon when that 
when the when the sun goes down. For half or more of every year, we collectively pretend. Sorry, this is the article again. Yep. Uh, we collectively pretend that it is one hour later than it actually is, even though doing so is entirely pointless and serves merely to increase stress and confusion. Which is why I think the government continues it. They want you to be stressed out and confused more because it helps with their indoctrination. Mm, that's a fair point. I mean, this literally kills people every year. Like there is an, a marked increase throughout the country of accident, of car accidents and heart attacks and heart attacks every single time. Uh-uh. Usually in the spring because that's when you lose the hour. There is a charming Anglophone tradition of crediting Benjamin Franklin with the invention of everything, and daylight savings time is often laid at the feet of this poor man. The accusations are unjust. Franklin's crime was merely penning a sarcastic takedown of Parisian nightlife in 1784, in which he suggested that the reveling citizens of that city might spare much lamp oil if only they would go to bed earlier. <laughs> so he's like, those partiers, right? They could probably well, use less he's oil. one to talk. Yeah, well, yeah, you know. What is that? I'm trying to remember the lyric. Ben Franklin was a rebel indeed. He liked to get naked while he smoked on the weed. Something like that. Yeah. Anyway. All right. True inventor of DST was an entomologist named George Vernon Hudson, who wanted more daylight on summer evenings to facilitate his after-work bug collecting. Ding, ding, ding. Give Peakless a prize. In 1895... Crown of shame. Yes, yes, yes. You've Crown redeemed yourself. Redeemed, yes. Redemption. See, we even have a path of redemption here on Free Talk Live for our, for our hosts. Crowns up. Crowns up, brother. In 1895, Hudson presented a paper proposing the summertime program of setting clocks two hours forward to the Wellington Philosophical Society, and he was justly ridiculed for his idiocy. Justly. <laughs> justly. One respondent called his idea wholly unscientific and impracticable. I've never heard that word before. While another pointed you out, can't do it. Yeah, well, obviously they thanks. were wrong. While another pointed out that the mere calling the hours different would not make any difference in time. Yes. <laughs> What's the, the biggest uh, part of the biggest idiocy of this whole thing is pretending that it's something it's not. What's the and everyone going along with? I'm it. Trying to remember the meme now. It's a picture of like the old Leatherface, like Native American Indian guy. And it's like only white man would be would be dumb enough to think you can cut the bottom quarter off of a blanket, sew it to the top, and it'd be longer. Yep. <laughs> I've seen that one. <laughs> a certain Mr. Richardson, however, channeling Franklin, said that it would be a good thing if the plan could be applied to the young people somehow. Indoctrinating the youth. Hudson, the youths. Hudson published his proposal in 1898 and ultimately won a British builder named William Willett to the cause of making time itself something for bureaucrats to fiddle with. Willett spent a few eccentric years campaigning to set clocks 80 minutes forward in four incremental steps every April and then to walk back these bizarre adjustments in September. He attracted the attention of some politicians, including Winston Churchill, but he died of influenza before the scheme went any further. Savior. <laughs> right. Thank you, Influenza, <laughs> Thank for you that for, one death. You know, the flu does some good things for humanity every now and again. <laughs> DST became a reality only in 1916, when, so WWI, when Germany and Austria-Hungary imposed the time shift as a wartime fuel-saving measure. So as not to lose any advantage, the United Kingdom imposed DST on its population weeks later, and the United States followed suit upon its late entry into the conflict in 1918. To lose oh, the advantage. lose that advantage. <laughs> what advantage? I 
Di- oh, well, the they, blanket's they, longer. They they said they were going to start bombing at nine. It's only eight. What happened? They say it's a wartime <laughs> fuel saving measure. How does how does running anything during daylight or nightlight use more fuel? At nightlight at night it would use more fuel. But again, you can just start the bombing. Why would it in the use day? more fuel at night than during the day? Anything? We're talking engines. So we if talking? we're bombing from nine to five, yeah, but five is dark, yeah. And it like gets dark at say four, yeah. But we just shift everything earlier. We can still bomb from nine to five, and then we won't have to use lamp oil from okay. four to five. Lamp now, oil lights yes, anything that you uses obviously energy. could just bomb from eight to four instead. Okay, that would be the obvious solution. <laughs> thank you. That would but actually no, work. You. Finally, finally, a, a sense of that's uh, a violation okay. of the Geneva Convention. <laughs> it all might be. It all might bombing be. must take place. Sorry, I just thought of this girl I used to know named Geneva. Geneva? I'd like to violate her convention, if you know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. Uh, Even in those early days, there was considerable doubt that daylight savings time would have any meaningful influence on energy consumption, particularly in heavily regulated wartime economies. Evidence since then suggests that in peacetime, it probably causes slight increases in electricity usage. It it, does. As it involves a trade-off of less energy-intensive lighting for more energy-intensive heating and cooling. Alas, such practical considerations have never mattered. The Great War cemented daylight savings time as an economizing measure in the popular consciousness. So, indoctrination, anyone? Right. They mentioned it. They said the children in the beginning. They did. While most countries ended the practice after 1918, basically everybody reintroduced the ritual in World War II. Germany set the clocks ahead on April 1st, 1940, and, and did not bother setting them back again until the 2nd of November, 1942. Thereafter, they to start bombing earlier. <laughs> you've got to get up pretty early in the morning if you're going to bomb all day. Then we will set the clock back. <laughs> Thereafter, the National Socialists remembered to lift summer every t- uh, summertime every fall until their defeat in 1945, when the occupiers assumed control of the clocks for them. After the hunger winter of 1946-47, they even imposed a double summertime of two hours in May, but reduced this to the traditional single hour seven weeks later. Wait, so I've got it. I've got a great idea. We'll just cut off half of this daylight savings time, and then we all get to sleep in. I was going to say, can we just pin this on the Nazis and like stop doing it? Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, yeah. I don't set my clocks back, because that's what the Nazis would do. <laughs> and in fact did. That sounds entirely reasonable to me. <laughs> yes. In uh, 1949, both newly founded German states agreed to end the practice entirely, as did the rest of post-war Europe. If this was the Sunday show, Peakless would have been on time. (laughs) (laughs) Early, even. (laughs) Did that actually happen to you one time? That has, yeah. I was just thinking back, and I'm like, I feel this is like deja vu. I feel like this actually happened. Okay. Uh Daylight savings time functions like, that's hilarious, by the way, (laughs) functions like a jurisdictional contagion. Anybody can introduce it for any stupid reason at all, thereby forcing all of their neighbors to swallow the chaos of a misaligned clocks to follow along. It was France that thought that brought DST back to Europe in 1976 in response to the oil crisis. Thus, the twice annual ritual of pointless clock adjustments returned to the continent this time, not even to save energy, but simply to avoid confusion in flight times and train timetables. 
Switzerland was the last to succumb. Makes to- it worse. <laughs> right? Yes. Yes, it does. Switzerland. Now you have to do the math. Right. Yeah. No, Let's introduce true. more work and confusion. Now that we are in this situation, it seems impossible to get out of it. In 2018. No, it really doesn't. No, it isn't. We just, it's so easy. It just stop doing it. This it's, is one of those like, things. Well, And not even every state in the union does it. Right. Yeah, Arizona has never done this. Right, nor Hawaii. They've always thought this was retarded, like, and they've Alaska always do? been right. Mm. So here, this is one of these things that like people could just change by themselves. You don't need to petition any government to make this change. You, in fact, could probably start like something you know on on all the social media, some equivalent to a Facebook group or a Twitter uh, chat or a list or something like that, uh, where you're like, "Hey, everybody, get on board with no longer changing our clocks." And then everybody just gets on board, and you just simply don't change it. Yeah. You get enough people to do that, guess what? It goes away. Well, when we get a bunch of people that are ready to start making their own decisions in life, then you won't get, you know, universal mass compliance, uh, 80% of people taking an unknown substance inside their body. This is something that both of you pointed out earlier. Universally is considered dumb and pointless. And, like, there is nobody clamoring to keep this thing around. Yep. Right, there's no support for this whatsoever. Well, again, the, the support is to keep daylight savings time in a lot of places and not go back to standard time. Fine. Let's do that. Yes. No. But, I mean, what? Like, Why? pick one. Let's Why? just pick one. Why? Because we arbitrarily picked a median point and then we sliced the globe into 24 equal slices and that's your time zone. Deal with it. Uh, Now that we're in this situation, it seems impossible to get out of it. In 2018, the European Commission opened an online survey to solicit citizens' opinions. The overwhelming majority of all respondents said they wanted to end the practice, and the European Parliament accordingly voted to abolish it in 2019. Member states were set to decide from 2021 whether they would opt for permanent normal or permanent summertime, what we're talking about. The deadline came and went, and nothing has changed because... Our politicians fear the confusing and fragmenting time on the continent, and some believe abolishing daylight savings time would require a broader reconsideration. It'd be like Y2K all over again. Uh, the clocks are going to change themselves. European what are we going to do? Zones. Yeah. Uh, there are yeah, lots. I don't, I, I don't believe that's true. I just don't believe that that's actually the motivation. Like, ah, oh, people couldn't possibly imagine not doing this crazy thing that we do. People just died, but they'll freak out, man. Uh, there's just a little bit left here. There are a lot of myths about daylight savings time. We've seen that it doesn't save energy, although this has been its only official rationale. Many Americans believe the measure is supported by farmers, but they're actually among its core opponents. DST you know benefits because the animals don't know what time it is. Right. right. Yeah. It, yeah. It, like if you own a dog or something or a cat, and it always wakes you up at the same time every day when daylight savings time kicks in or goes out. Uh, your dogs will continue to wake you up at what they believe is their appropriate time to go out. Yeah. Even though now the clocks have changed, it's different. So yep. you're taxing your pets as well. Uh, uh, they actually are. Okay. DST benefits primarily those on fixed schedules. That is to say office workers by increasing the available light after work. Schools, shops, businesses should adjust their hours of operation individually to respond to the seasonal changes in daylight, and some places may even find it advantageous to impose a permanent summertime. Twice annual clock changes, however, are just egregiously stupid. They increase stress, which is why it's associated with mild spikes 
in heart attacks. Ding, ding, ding. Which one of you brought that up? Both of the, us. The heart attack? Okay. Yeah. Well, pass the, the, the trophy around between you two. Uh, the increase uh, heart attacks cause widespread sleep disturbances and a variety of other inconveniences. You will say that daylight savings time is a small thing, and that's probably true, but it's also a lesson in how irrational bureaucratic measures can perpetuate themselves long after everybody has learned to despise them and their only purpose for existing has been refuted. DST is insidious for its contagious properties, and because it remains just below the threshold of serious annoyance required to animate opposition. It is nevertheless a noxious exercise in social engineering that nobody should have to put up with. And then there's an update. The standard defense of daylight savings time, which I also see in the comments, is that the associated schedule change makes for a more pleasant summer and that a return to normal time prevents children from going to school in the dark. I agree that these are advantages. Change the time you go to school. (laughs) Right. But we have two means of achieving them. A, locally decided and enacted seasonal changes to operating hours, or B, a change to the basic hourly reference points for absolutely everybody. In the winter, school is from 9 to 3. In the summer, it's from 8 to 2. Right. One of these options has little or no downside, and the other of them represents an enormous bureaucratic hassle. In this, as in many other cases, we have gone with the enormous bureaucratic hassle. So, yes, daylight savings time is dumb. Yeah. And it never changes. With a capital B. Now, think about how that same principle applies to things that are maybe a little bit more important, like the Forever Wars. That even when we've realized without a shadow of a doubt that these aren't helping, that these are in fact harming, they will continue. We are out of time. Thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you to Richie Rich. Thank you to Peakless Mountaineer for joining me on tonight's episode of Free Talk Live. If you missed any part of the show, go find the archives over at freetalklive.com. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks and peace. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Realtor Mark Ward. Now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in New Hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime. Our friends at Porcupine Real Estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. Reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com. Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. Porcupineralestate.com